0: rolling dice,
1: and taking names. RDTN is a show with two longtime friends that talk about board games, card games, and anything else that grabs their attention. Squirrel! Here are your hosts, the Waldorf and Statler of board gaming podcasts, Marty and Tony.
0: Wow, Marty. Did you did you hear the silky sounds of the main man from Dice Tower Network, Eric,
2: giving us our first big intro? Yes, I couldn't believe it. It's taken us 50 episodes, but we finally got Eric Summer to do our intro for us. I mean, I remember he said, look, you guys going to have to hang around for like 50 episodes before I would do this for you. And he snickered thinking, there's no way they'll make 50 episodes, but we did it just to spite him. <laughs> yeah, we did. Thanks for hanging in there, guys,
0: and letting us get to that. No, Eric, thank you so much for doing that for us. We really do appreciate it. And so, um, well, that's right. Welcome to episode 50 here. This is... We've only just begun. That's right. We're in for it. We're in here for the long haul. haul, And we have got a very, very special show for you planned. It's a little bit long, but that's okay.
2: A little bit long? Um, It's a lot long.
0: It's a lot long. It's it's not Geek All-Star long. But it won't. <laughs> right so um yes yeah, so uh, hang on here we've got first off we've got three special guests they're not all on at the same time so we really hope you enjoy it um we're not going to spend too much time here talking about what we've been doing playing things like that because um, we do that during the show but um just stay tuned listen um once again thanks for all those who have gotten into the um crossfire contest that we have um there's still time by the time this show hits you've got just till the end of this week um to get your saying hey i want it you got to tweet out rdtn crossfire is that right marty correct okay and we'll get that out there so please be sure if you're interested in the crossfire expansion um by all means please enter in the contest it couldn't be any easier than that could it marty
2: it really can't be and uh, we've gotten a lot of entries so far um i haven't counted them yet but we're giving away four so i still think there's a good chance uh you you might get one you never know
0: exactly and if you're not coming to mace in a couple of weeks here uh uh, i hate to hear that but we'll also be at bgg con hope to see you there so marty i think that's pretty much anything else no
2: let's get let's get to the good stuff So, we are so excited to now introduce a new reoccurring segment that's going to be on the show. And we thought, what more appropriate episode to do that with than the 50th episode? I present to you the new segment, Chit Chat, with two of the biggest names in gaming social media. This segment is going to be co hosted by Suzanne Sheldon and Rhiannon Ox. Welcome, ladies. Hi. Hello. Woo, yay! <laughs> now you may know Suzanne from uh who does uh a lot of the board game. Bro- I think she does one every week. I don't know how in the world you could pull that off to get these done every week, but she does the uh the segments on the iOS games or the tablet games, the digital uh board games. And how long have you been doing that? For months, right?
1: Yeah, I've been doing that for probably, oh, about oh, I don't know. I think I've been doing it since around episode 10 or 15 somewhere in there for board game breakfast so um it's been between six and 12 months and wow. it's a lot of fun but um as i always say people don't realize how much effort it takes to produce content i do um yeah well you do Marty, obviously um but it uh it it i it's squeaking in some late nights sometimes to make sure i can get it done
2: well, you do a fantastic job. The production values on those are incredible with the screenshots and everything you do. I'd, I'd like to see how you do some of that stuff because I could learn from you because just, I just turn on the camera and go and then dance or something stupid like that. So, you know.
1: It's a deal. BGG Con. I'll give you a tutorial.
2: Thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. I would love that. And also we have Rhiannon who is on the uh, video uh, YouTube channel uh, Spooning Meeples. She is one half of Spooning Meeples. And I won't say whether it's the best half or the worst half. She can, she can vouch for which one it is.
3: I'm the little spoon. That's all you need to know.
2: <laughs> the little spoon. how you will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you also do uh, video segments. You and uh, Tiffany, uh, Ralph, or the, or the One Tar. Uh, y'all started this channel. How long ago did y'all start that?
3: January of this year.
2: Wow. Yeah. Wow. And you release content a couple times a month, um, or
3: we alternate weeks. So I do it twice a month, whatever, and she does the other ones.
2: Got it. So, so you can find uh, them. At, is it the name of the YouTube channel, Spooning Maple.
3: Uh, obviously, you know that from all the times you've visited it.
2: Well, th- no, but uh, oh my gosh! <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, so that's a way know? to self, That's a way to self-promote. Well, you ought to know what it is. <laughs> Um, But uh, they're also very active on Twitter. And that's where you're going to hear them or read them most of the time. On Twitter, it's um, uh, Suzanne is at 425 Suzanne. Yeah. Yes. And then Rhiannon's is, Lord, you keep changing like what you're called. I can't remember what the ad is. What is your ad? R-H-I-O-C-H-S. Yes. And no matter what time of day you're on Twitter, one of these two (laughs) are talking to somebody.
3: Absolutely. We're on the opposite coast. That's why we just—it's easier. It just seems that way. It's a trick.
2: Tony, do you want to jump in here, or you just want me to take all this? You got anything you want to say? Don't be embarrassed. I know you're not used to talking to other ladies, but you know, go ahead. Uh, you're doing such a good job. The only thing I was going to say—you
0: said recurring—and that's pretty strong for the first one. And hoping they'll come back, man. You know, we could
2: chase them away here. This this could be ugly. Well, no, so. I've said it now. It's it's being recorded, so they have to come back now. Uh oh.
0: No, they, they they do it. But ladies, we do appreciate you coming on the show of rolling dice and taking names. And I know from my side of the house where um, I am not Mister Social Media. Lord, I'm happy to even hit the right button on the phone. I can't keep up. I don't know how y'all do it. So um, kudos to y'all. They're, it's it's unreal. I mean, I'll get on at night because you know tw- Twitter's blocked and off for me. And they'll be like. All these posts, and I'm just like, how in the world do they do that? How do they know all this good information? How do they keep these people
2: engaged? So, wow. Well, thank you, Tony. They have kids. I don't know how they pull that off. And young kids. No, how old are your kids, uh, Suzanne?
1: I have a five-year-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old.
2: Yes, young. So both of them are young, because Rhiannon, yours are young too, aren't they?
3: I have an 11-year-old, a three-and-a-half-year-old, and a
2: two-year-old. yes and see or well, Tony you and I are a different bracket right there.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm an empty nester and that's fine. Now, I will say one thing when I'm sure soccer and all that other good stuff has have they the 11-year-old's probably got some soccer going on, right?
3: Yes, and I am fully engaged in all of those things that he is doing. Not on Twitter. Nope.
0: Nope. Okay. <laughs> or field hockey or whatever you do up north there. I don't know. Yeah. So you're the soccer mom.
3: Yeah, no one ever saw that coming, but. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: and Suzanne, I'm sure you've already got, they're already starting. I mean, they start these things in like four, three years old, things like that.
1: They do. They do. Absolutely. And we have her in advanced physics and uh, working towards her ninth level black belt in judo. Um, My two-and-a-half-year-old's a a little bit of an underachiever, but we do have him signed up at Carnegie Hall for a piano recital next month. So,
2: (laughs) you know, we're doing okay. (laughs) So the whole purpose... uh the whole purpose of this segment, Chit Chat, was we just wanted to have some sort of free form where we can have uh, these ladies on and just cover all sorts of different topics. And uh, I first thought maybe he's going to focus on one particular thing. It's like, nah, that's too hard. We're just going to have a bunch of different things that uh, that we're going to be able to talk about. But what not, what's nice about having a female perspective on the show is that now... We can let you talk about things that uh, Tony and I can't talk about because we don't understand because even though we're both married, we still don't understand women very well at all. So we thought we just might as well go straight to the source and, and they can tell us how things are. And it's, it's interesting that the timing kind of worked out because uh, this week there was uh, one day this week where there was a topic uh, being discussed on Twitter. I think uh, Happy Mittens or Happy Mitten Games um, was looking for uh, uh, female contributors for their website because they said people have been asking them, uh, how can I get my girlfriend or wife into gaming? And so they were asking for some contributors, uh, female contributors to say, you know. What's some good suggestions that uh, you can tell these guys to get their significant other into gaming? And I know, Rihanna, I think you've submitted an article. I don't know if it's been posted yet, so you don't need to spoil it and everything like that. But I was wanting to just kind of have that as a little topic of conversation because last year, Tony and I did an episode uh, where we had our wives on, and we actually covered that about Um, how do how can you get a female into gaming and whatnot and right after that we had a lot of people on our guild come back and tell us thank you that was so useful i needed tips on how to get um, uh, my wife into gaming and whatnot and this past summer uh, vanessa and i recorded uh for something for you rianne and you and tiffany for couch to con where it was how you can get your significant other to a convention and i got some some good feedback on that too so i think it's a topic that even though I see a lot of women in, in gaming, I, we are very fortunate, like at our game club, we probably have about 33% women show up. So we got a, a good number, but it's still kind of a male-dominated hobby for, for whatever reason. But those males really want their significant others involved, and they want tips on how to do it. So since I'm staring at Rihanna, because she's the big thing on the, the Hangout oh, right now, I'll ask her first. <laughs> I've never, you're back. the big thing. Rhiannon. Man, I've got to stop Huge. using, it. see Tony, I don't, I got to stop using these adjectives. I can use that <laughs> stuff with you and, yeah,
0: and you'll get away with it. But hey, I do want to follow up with the discussion is topic to kind of narrow the focus here. So, and, because this, this is home. Um, that wasn't narrow enough. Oh, good God, no, man. You were all – you you basically shotgunned. But that's okay. We want to talk about how to get women involved in gaming. Okay. Well.
2: No, I said significant others. People are like, how can I get my wife or girlfriend involved? Oh, jeez. Just go ahead. You run the show then. I'm backing yeah. off.
0: No, you're you're good. But from a standpoint of – or think of it like what is some of the common problems? Like, for instance, I mean, not that I speak from experience here – but I want you to go do your own thing. I'm holding you back. That's why I don't want to go. I'm just going to be in the way. I mean, how do you overcome those feelings? How do you get them to say, no, you're not in the way. You're welcome to come to the, to the gaming night. How do you bring that in and, and go from there? Tell-
2: that's, that's totally different than what I asked. What about if they? What about if they don't want to come and you want to try to get them to come? Yours is the other way of like, well, I want to come, but I don't want to get in the way. Do we need to start this segment over again? (laughs) No, that's the same thing. I
3: would just like maybe interject here. What? I
2: mean, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: Uh, I am the biggest one here, obviously. (laughs) Obviously. Um, (laughs) My husband and I are both gamers, so it's really not that much of a hassle to get to gaming. However, I know my little co-host here, Suzanne, has a different perspective um, because she actually has to try to get her husband into it. Yeah, so it's true. she might be more versed and, like, you know, roadblocks, etc. cetera. Um, so why don't you tell us about that, Suzanne?
1: Oh, my goodness. Well, thanks for that segue, Rhiannon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because um, I kind of have what is what traditionally seen as kind of the guy's problem in gaming is that um, I've been a gamer since 1994 and um, So I'm really old and, uh, and that's just been part of my life for years and years and years. I mean, literally decades now. Um, and then I met my husband and never, I mean, he played risk. You know, as a kid and really liked it and things like that. And um, certainly, you know, years ago, we've been married for a long time now. I tried to introduce him to some board games and, and see what he was interested in. And it just never clicked. He would play with me a few things or when we had some friends over, uh, you know, if we we got something going, he'd definitely play. But you could just tell he wasn't really into it. And, you know, I've asked for advice on the Internet before. And um, that's always been an interesting experience when you just broadcast to the internet hey give me suggestions oh that's dangerous Um, yeah always always and but you know i think um certainly some of the best tips i've seen are find games with themes that would interest them understand what they don't enjoy about gaming you know is is, maybe they're not into two-player games maybe they like a social thing so make sure you're having like party games or things like that or maybe they're not into fantasy and you know which my husband isn't so you know things like um uh, Memoir Forty Four, or uh, the new game that just came out on Kickstarter that I'm backing, where it's like a World War II micro card game, um, but it's World War II theme. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's perfect because my husband might actually like this because he loves historical themes. Um, so looking for something that might appeal to uh, their regular interests anyway, that kind of you know can snap. Uh, into whatever games that you, that you have, and and I think a good piece of advice I got once too is just be really open. And you know, maybe you have your own personal preferences, but maybe flex those a little if they don't match one hundred percent with your partner, or your spouse, or whomever you are trying to kind of um, get involved and and just to kind of open that door for them and get them to have a really positive initial experience um, that will kind of keep them open for future games and, and tries.
2: That was beautiful.
1: What can I say? I am in marketing. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the cell. It's all about the spin.
2: So let me ask you this. So um so you two are uh how long you've been gaming, rhiannon I mean she has said been ninety four. Um like
3: this type of gaming, probably like oh six?
2: Oh my god, you're <laughs> so young. So it's been a while. So here's the here's the question. So I'm sure uh both of you ladies have female friends. Do they ever like why do you like doing that? What's the appeal of that? So maybe may, so if you were trying to get them into gaming or have you tried, what's some steps you took with them? Because then the guys might can use the same steps on their significant other. That's all you ran. And what do you think?
3: I actually followed most of the steps that you suggested, Suzanne. <gasps> um, I have a friend who likes Cards Against Humanity. And I know that she likes that, and so I try to do more social-type games with her that are really fun. And she likes to host parties and things, so I'll bring games that hold more people and really get everybody involved and drawn in, and those are usually pretty good. Um, But she's never like, oh, I'm going to do that by myself. She enjoys her time while she does it, and everybody there, of course, loves it, because I know how to throw a game party. Um, But... (laughs) um, So it's an interesting thing because it's not something she's interested in, but she'll do it because she knows it's a great time while it's happening. But she's not going to seek it out or promote it necessarily on her own.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think um, it's interesting because if I go out uh, to gaming events, for example, I was at a local convention up here in the Seattle, Washington area just a couple of months ago. And I mean, the demographic split between women and men was you know, perhaps stereotypically bad, where I think probably for every, I don't know, 50 guys, there's one woman, two, maybe. And, and you know, I think that's what you expect. I'm blessed in that at my, um, I have a work group, and we're literally 50-50 um, guys and girls, which is awesome and super fun. But it's interesting, we play at our office, and it's really interesting to see kind of you know we're in a conference room that's visible as people kind of mill around and and see what we're doing you know a, a lot of coworkers will poke their heads in and kind of go oh what are you doing and quite frankly a lot of them are going to like oh you know what are you doing playing dungeons and dragons and things like that and we're like yes that is what we're doing we are slaying dragons right now you know we kind of have to deal with those stereotypes but you know certainly anytime uh, a coworker or a friend expresses interest we I kind of try to in a, you know, cool, suave way, jump on that as an opportunity, right? So if, if a friend pokes her head in, and we're playing a game, even if it's not something that they might be interested in, but, you know, Jill comes in, I'm like, hey, you know, she's like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, well, we're playing a game. And you know, are you, you know, you're busy, you want to grab a beer, because we have beer in our office, um, you grab a beer and come and sit down and you know, we can hang out. And if they say yes, even if If I think the game that we're in the middle of isn't a good fit for her, I will actually switch to a game that might appeal to that friend, guy or girl. Um, and you know, m- my gamer friends that are all there totally get it and they don't mind that that switch, but then that's an opportunity to pull out something like Sushi Go you know, which has a broad thematic appeal, is really simple but definitely not, you know, way better than Monopoly or anything like that. Um, pull that out and say, Hey guys, why don't we try this and we can introduce Jill to it? Um and that that works well too. It's like just being open and kind of sensing when somebody's expressing interest and being ready to to treat that like an opportunity to grab their attention and and
2: um and and expose them to something really awesome. I know that, uh, so when I first got into gaming, my wife was not into it at all. And even to this day, she's not really necessarily a heavy gamer. She will play anything that I, you know, put in front of her and, and she enjoys it. What's, what she says that got her into it was the ancillary stuff with gaming. She came to find out she loves to read fantasy novels or sci-fi novels. Um, she loves just loves those themes. She loved going to the conventions and she got into cosplay. She got into steampunk. So she just likes the gaming culture without necessarily being obsessed with playing the games. And so she has made that suggestion before that maybe if your girlfriend or wife is not into it, they may find something else in that culture that they really enjoy. Jewelry or the, the reading or the, the crafts or the stuff that goes along with gaming.
1: That's a great idea. And as, as usual with all things, your wife is brilliant. <laughs>
2: Obviously. Well, look who she chose. I mean, well, make
1: <laughs> Everybody makes a mistake <laughs> once or twice in their life. <laughs>
0: So ladies f- from your standpoint then of the fairer sex what is it about women that this gaming thing doesn't appeal to them Oh that's a good question I'm just going to roll back and listen to this one
3: I'll let you start off Suzanne Oh um a few
1: thoughts I mean I think that um I think that it's just socially we're not socialized I mean we're not socialized right the culture doesn't really encourage it there's a a perception there is um A stereotype about gamers and that isn't necessarily really appealing to women or girls. And um, I would say also, and I mean, I don't want to get really heavy or dark here, but I mean, I would say that there are, that some of the culture itself is not very welcoming or open to girls or women when they try to approach it, when there is interest. And that's why I was talking about taking opportunity and being open and being flexible because I had plenty of experiences, you know, when I was 18 and starting a game, I had some, just to be, Blunt, I had some really weird experiences starting to enter the hobby that were um, on occasion quite uncomfortable and a little odd for me. And I just had a real passion for the game. So I kind of pushed through and I found a friend here or a friend there that helped really open it up for me. But, you know, I think that with guys or with girls, just being really open and welcoming and, and catering to the individual that's approaching your table or asking the question and being self-aware of how you come across to them, um, whether you're being kind of austere or hyper competitive or impatient with their lack of knowledge about how these games work, etc. Um, all of those little social things can be um, off-putting for anybody new approaching the hobby. And, and, you know, experienced gamers that are looking to bring other people into the hobby should be aware of that and, and try to measure that out. I don't know, Ree, what do you think?
3: I actually kind of feel like a bad person. <laughs> Surprise! Um, because I don't know that everybody needs to game. Um, I Totally agree. In, in my one group down in Salem, Massachusetts, I'm pretty much the only girl that shows up regularly that isn't attached to somebody else. So that's interesting. And the girls that usually come with somebody are there because They're like, oh, yeah, you like games, so they're putting forth the effort, and then this works as a tip also. If your lady is coming with you to game, you need to go do something with her. Oh, that book signing? Guess what? Um, Or whatever it is, but... I find that a lot of my female friends don't care about gaming because it's kind of like weird and that's like what guys in their mom's basements do and all those stereotypes you know you were talking about um, and then I'm like well what does that say about me and they're like well you've always been weird I'm like great glad we're friends <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'll try to throw you know throw something at them maybe that appeals to their interest or taste or whatever i'm not going to play panamax with them although everybody should play panamax i'm just kidding they shouldn't yes they should um but (laughs) nice plug (laughs) i love that game um but that's like that's a heavier game that most new people wouldn't care about i think you need the lighter entry level games um like sushi go or you know ticket to ride or something silly or resistance if they're people who like to scream and yell at everybody bluffing games usually were great i think um but if they're just not into it after no matter how hard you try, like, okay, so they're not into it. That's fine. Go do what you like. I'm going to do what I like. And, you know, let's do that.
2: I, I, somebody had said on Twitter this week, and I can't remember who it was, something about don't force your uh, – don't try to force your girlfriend or wife into it because it's just, it's just not going to work. And maybe some, some guys do try to stronghold. It's like, no, you're going to sit here and play this game because I know you're going to love it. And, you know, it's not really easing them into it. Um, I, I do find that, and you mentioned uh, this uh, to Suzanne, about the, the social games. Um, I did find that that seems to work really well with a lot of women because there is that social interaction. There's the party-type feel to the game as opposed to something like Panamax where basically it's two hours of just sitting there staring at the board and saying nothing, you know, where the social <laughs> games are the werewolf and the resistance. Yeah, Rihanna's shaking her head. Okay, I know. You get a little verbal while you're playing games. <laughs> um, but... <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, these other games encourage conversation and laughing and engagement, which I think is a really good way. Because, okay, I, I'll admit, women are more social creatures than what men are. You know, that's just that's just the nature of the beast. And so, I think that is a good style of game to try to work with.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think that you know, there's definitely perception issues that you have to conquer with um, people that aren't just really aware of what the hobby is about and and there are stereotypes and and that's a challenge anyway. But honestly, if you can get somebody to play um, Apples to Apples or Bananagrams or, um, I don't know, Cards Against Humanity. I mean, anybody who's willing to play those and enjoys them, you can definitely get them into other games that are more gateway-ish um, you just have to pick your moment, you know, maybe you don't take them down to the game store that's a little dingy and cobwebby and, you know, has the guy wearing the Dungeons and Dragons t-shirt. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm all about Dungeons and Dragons, yay. But, um, you know, put them in an environment put that they are comfortable in with the game, right, and bring the game to them and put them in a, in a space where they're really happy and relaxed and open, um... And then ambush them, you know, with Panamax. So <laughs> <laughs> ambush them with Panamax. <laughs> um, but, you know, that's your opportunity to bring in, like, a ticket to ride or a one-night ultimate world for something that's just a little different, um, but in a safe and relaxing warm spot with friends that they adore, right, that you can have a really um, uh, great experience with uh, a hobby board game.
2: So, Tony, I'm going to ask you, so Donna was not big into gaming, and now she tends to play uh, games here and here and there, enjoy some games. So how did you get her into it?
0: Uh, we were looking for a common like, something that we could both enjoy, and she, like the ladies have said, enjoyed the social aspect of it. And I, of course, love, am very competitive and enjoy gaming, though I don't mind losing, which is often. But it, it was something good. I'd rather do that than play a s- sequence for the fiftieth time, or you know, um, opa Shaw. I needed something different, so that's why I said, you know, here's a great way to do introduce them to something I enjoy as well, and then be able to go just like they were saying, you know, apples to apples, Bananagrams, whatever, Wits and Wagers, an incredible game to bring those non-gamers into your world because everybody knows trivia everybody and that's a great game because you don't know that trivia at all so
2: and I I will say I know Stephen is on this episode I know but I will plug his latest game diamonds awesome love diamonds
3: diamonds. next good step and diamonds is an excellent game
2: because so many people have played hearts and spades and rook and so here's the same mechanic except with a little bit of a twist that introduces some hobby game mechanics into it. I think diamonds is a perfect uh, stepping stone towards something bigger. Yeah. I mean, when I was,
0: yeah. And when I was on the cruise, I I know I sent this out, but I'm not kidding you. We had it out when we were stuck at sea for two days and we had that out and everybody would stop by the table. I must've explained that game to a hundred people. And I bet I could have sold that game continuously, but there but it was so interesting. There was a, group on the uh, couples and this is interesting they play settlers every wednesday night wow i'm like really they go yeah we play s- settlers or ticket to ride every wednesday night and that's their social so as you know that's like like we were saying there's your entry and that may be as far as you need to go don't try to bring out panamax to to the people that are like that level it's not it's not necessary but enjoy the fact that they are gaming with you
1: yeah, and I think Rhiannon brought up a great point about sharing activities. It goes both ways. So, um, you know, if they have a passion for something that's not necessarily your favorite, you have to be willing to exchange that time. And who knows, maybe you'll discover something new. And then, you know, certainly not not forcing it. I mean, if if it's just not going to click with them, it's just not going to click with them. And um, certainly, you know, it's hard when you when you're passionate about something, you really want to. Share that passion with somebody that you love or somebody that you're really close to and you you have all these grand visions about how awesome it's going to be and you'll go to game conventions and you can play board games every night and, and, you know, and that just feels and sounds amazing and it's like really kind of a dream state, but it's okay for that not to happen that way. You know, as long as you're both giving each other the freedom to have your outlets for your passions. I know it kind of stinks, and I mean, I, I certainly put myself in that camp. I have a mad passion. Anybody who's followed me on Twitter um, knows I have this crazy mad passion for for board and card games. Um, and it's just not something that my husband shares. And um, it's a bummer, but, um, you know, I'll take the opportunities when I can get him to sit down and play. Maybe I'll try Risk Legacy on him or something like that don't, don't push something that's, you can't force it. Absolutely. And, um, look for opportunities, you know, and then branch out and find the friends that do share that passion. And then your gaming times with those friends and your time with your partner or your spouse or your friend over here is, is something different.
2: I also do think you, you need to reciprocate. So let's say that your, um, wife or boyfriend or whatever decides to try gaming with you. You need to try something with them. You know, if there's something that they like that you that they want you to try, then that's another good way too. It's like you know, you've always wanted me to try this. I'll try this with you. If you try this with me, you don't know. You may get them into it, and you may find something else you like too. Like Tony really now into opera.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. Oh, actually, you know, or Broadway shows, Les Miz, I couldn't. I couldn't. I, I just can't get enough of that. I'm I'm kidding. It's a joke.
2: That's a shame. Suzanne's like, wow, I'm impressed. Well, I was very Action. happy with the Broadway
3: introduction there. I
1: like, yeah, yeah. I, I I totally believed it.
0: No, actually, we're going to start doing that. Whereas, you know, being empty nesters, we're going to buy this season tickets to the theater uptown. And, you know, and that's fine because oh, I, I, I know you're dying, Marty. You're over there. But, I, hey, I'll admit it. I enjoy No, that, that. There, there
2: goes all gaming nights for you. Hey, would yes. you like to go see this? I'm sorry. I have a show. I'm going to go watch a ballet tonight.
3: Well, see, what he could do is pre-show, he could set up a little board game thing and then theme the board games to whatever the show is. Um, so there you go. You can still game and be cultured. How about that?
0: Culture. Exactly. <laughs> or you just altern- or you just alternate it off, like you're saying. So Tuesday night's our game club night. You're going to that. And and I'm going to have to go see Mamma Mia.
4: I almost glad I did it, <laughs> but I to
2: wow, ABA, right? And that's the other one, right? What? Anyway. Um, I do have this this one last thing before we wrap up. So I mentioned diamonds earlier. Uh Tony and I would like to challenge you to to a partner's game of diamonds at BGG Con.
1: Oh. Accepted. Easily. I mean, that's just... Guys, I mean, it's why cute, do you want really. to embarrass yourselves that way? Yeah, that's adorable.
2: Oh, oh, wait a minute. Is Do I hear somebody wants to put like a little friendly wager towards it or something?
1: Oh, well, I mean, yeah, whatever you want to just give to us. No problem. I'll take it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the deal. Somewhere at BGG Con. Us four are gonna find a place to play, and maybe we can have Bonacore like judge it for us to make sure nobody <laughs> cheats. Because I'm sure those will be some cheating. Cheat? Do what? How can How? you cheat? You, you remember our you remember our foot tapping things when oh, we used yeah. to play oh, spades? Yeah. I'll do yeah. It. yeah.
3: Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> just just <laughs> let it go, Bonicor's right? Let it go. It's fine. We got this.
0: We got, yeah. So, so Marty, I understand you just bought uh, Vanessa three of diamond, three diamonds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
2: Boy, you know, I had a spade to spade the garden the other day. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, Tony, can I borrow your nine-a-club next time we go out and play golf? You know, yeah. mm-hmm. it's very subtle. Y'all will never pick He'll up never on pi- it. You'll mm-hmm. never see it coming. All right, so it's done. So, uh, a part, yeah, in fact, uh, we we're going to throw this challenge out to anybody that wants to come up to Tony and I and challenge a partner's game of diamonds. We will sit down and do it. Because I, even though I've only played a couple times, I assume Tony has played so much now he can't lose.
0: No, I can. You can. It's all in the cards. It, it doesn't matter. You can lose. It, uh, it's how well you manipulate those cards. That's what I love about that game. There's always something you can do to help make your hand better.
1: I just think you're you're really dramatically underestimating how competitive Rhiannon and I are.
3: Yeah, a little bit.
1: Really, how how mean we can get? So you know, if if we bring you to tears at the table, <laughs> we won't look down on you. You know, we'll we'll still we'll still you know enjoy being part of the show, and um, we won't lose a lot of respect for you. We'll we'll try to just lose a little.
3: You're well aware of my signature move, and if you're willing to take on that risk, then I am willing to play with you.
2: Here, here's the thing: I, I love it when people talk big. I just love it when people, and I just keep my mouth shut. And, and then when it's all over, I just point to the scoreboard. That's what I used to do playing sports all the time. I don't don't talk trash. I don't need to talk trash. I'll back it up at the table, so it'll be there. And I don't no mind problem. losing. I look forward to it. <laughs> Tony's like, yeah, wait to back me up, Tony. Oh, I don't mind losing.
0: <laughs> I, d- I don't. I don't mind, and you know. But you're absolutely right. When it's when the dust
2: settles, you're right. The diamonds we'll,
3: will be on our side.
2: That's fine. Ladies, thank you so much for coming on and kicking off Chit Chat. I am so looking forward to doing some more of these. And we're going to cover a lot of different topics. And if anybody has any suggestions that you would like to hear us uh, uh, talk about, please go to our guild page at uh, the Board Game Geek and and uh, share with us there. Or you can uh, tweet us some ideas uh, for the show. And I know that we're going to see these two ladies at uh, BGG Con. In fact, I'm going to bring the microphones and everything. And it might be fun to record a little segment. Uh, while. We're, well, I'm sure everybody's bringing their recording stuff, right? Everybody be recording something for everything while we're there. So we'll, we'll, we'll pull us. Hey, maybe we have like a live uh, playthrough of Diamonds or something like that. I don't know. And just, just we'll see who, who talks the biggest and who ends up winning Christmas? the biggest in the end. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that may be me. I'll admit it. So you know, I'm mad enough to admit I cry. I have feelings. <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Hey, Marty, do you want to try out our, our little segment we've been talking about with these two just to kind of roll it off, see if it's going to work?
2: Uh, uh Yeah, play it twice in this episode. Sure, we'll play it with them.
0: Okay. So that sounds good to me. So ladies, Marty came up with this brilliant, brilliant idea. It's kind of like the brilliant idea that you had for, what was it? Oh, at the table where there have been so many, there's been so we want you to send us a recording, nothing. Um, so (laughs) anyway, so, so we're going to start a little, you know, all the shows have some type of little game. So ours is going to be, we haven't come up with a name, so maybe you guys can help us come up with the name of it, but basically rank them. So we're going to give you three things, and we want you to rank, in order of best to worst, the three items. And I'm going to start with an easy one for you, okay? All right. You ready?
1: I'm
3: ready.
0: Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry.
3: Chocolate, vanilla, strawberry.
0: That
1: order?
3: Absolutely. Vanilla, chocolate, strawberry.
2: All right. Very good, Marty. Uh, Vanilla, strawberry, chocolate.
0: Mine would be strawberry vanilla chocolate.
1: Oh, chocolate. Come on, guys. It's Exactly, it's we're chocolate. guys. It, it, chocolate it is not chocolate? something.
3: Because that's definitely one then. But if it's just like normal chocolate ice cream, then
2: yeah. Oh, you like dark chocolate?
3: Uh, it's the only kind of chocolate,
2: yes. Uh, absolutely. I have grown to love dark chocolate. You know what? Did you like it as a kid? Always. I hated it. Really, I hated it as a kid. And as I've gotten older, I've learned to like it even more.
1: No, it's the best No, but as a kid, like, you know, we're, we're around Halloween time. You remember you get the Hershey miniatures. Yeah. I was like you, Marty, I didn't love it as a kid. And you, you, you used to get the little special darks Mm -hmm. and I always hated those. I was like, Oh, come on. What's this? Where's Mr. Goodbar? You know, I wanted to crackle. Um, Excellent choice. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Um, But yeah, as I've, as I've, as I've aged dark chocolate, that's, that's, I won't even waste my time on the other stuff.
2: And supposedly dark chocolate's good for you.
1: That's what I tell myself 5 times a day as I eat
0: it. <laughs> well, Tony you got another one? Oh yeah, I can, I, can, I got another one real quick. So, M&M candies, uh peanut butter peanut or plain.
3: Peanut, plain, peanut butter. Crispy
2: peanut butter oh. almonds. No.
0: Okay, you well, missed the game. You missed the game.
2: Oh, 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 oh <laughs> my gosh. Yeah, you're, you're, that wasn't the oh. choice. I, I see
0: how this is going to go, Marty. We got to work on the rules here. No interjection <laughs> of your own items here. I didn't say give me the top five M&M. Oh, good gosh. That one worked well.
1: This is this is what you get when you, when you bring the chaotic social media queens on. <laughs> this you're, the you're gotta, So, you know. You do call it rolling dice. You gotta roll with it.
0: Gotta roll with it. So But All peanut nice.
1: butter, absolutely. Of their choices, peanut butter should be at the top. Anybody who says anything other than peanut butter is wrong.
3: I can't even swallow peanut butter, so it's not on my list. Like I don't
2: are you, are you allergic to it?
3: No, I just can't swallow it. I'm like a dog. It's weird. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like it, dog. Now I'm gonna have to give you some peanut butter, just so I can see you lick the roof of your oh, mouth all day long.
3: <laughs> like, this is a trick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, okay, that was interesting. <laughs>
3: you never know what you're gonna get with me.
0: I'm just there's. See, it's a good thing that I've shut down the cameras here because I I just oh that's a visual. I hope you captured that one, morning Marty. Hmm. <laughs> All right. And then finally, we know that Panamax is number one on the list over there, but uh, we always do ask uh, for the first show, you know, what, what is your favorite game? What game do you always try to bring to the table? That's, I, nobody likes that question. Yes, they do. Nobody likes that question. Okay, fine. I'll get rid of it. Striking well,
3: my favorite game is Twilight Struggle, but I'm not going to play that with everybody. I will play that with a select few because it's Twilight Struggle and not everybody wants to play that.
0: But, but I, I, I appreciate the answer But Marty to my point is It gives us an uh, We look into their soul The dark side I don't you know,
1: have the, one of those <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she, doesn't. Of she doesn't She okay. doesn't
2: Oh Suzanne. That made me laugh
1: If I had to pick one And I hate this question right Because I have really Really broad tastes in games mm-hmm. But if I had to pick number one It's Kayless. Okay no, that's good. That's good.
0: I understand that you can hate the question, but it kind of it, it does. Um, you know, I'm sitting here. Sorry, I'm fiddling with um, some recent uh, Draco Magi cards, just looking at the artwork here. So,
1: oh, I'm glad that we're keeping you entertained. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, uh,
2: you know, that's just how it is. No. Okay, okay. I'm gonna a- I'm to ask one more deck building worker placement set collection
1: worker placement set collection deck building.
3: Agreed. Hmm.
2: Yay! Tony? Uh, it would be deck building, worker placement, set collection. Mine would be worker placement, deck building, set collection. Hmm. What a diverse little group we are. Oh, that's good. That's that's what we want here. So, Tony, are you happy with that? You think it's going to work? Because in the next segment, we're doing it with Bonacore.
0: We'll give it our best shot. I mean, that, this was a good test run of it. We got some kinks to work out so hopefully we'll get that done between now and
2: like like not adding your own (laughs) items to the three (laughs) i don't like any of those three here's the three that i like
3: those are horrible choices
2: (laughs) nobody would even list those
1: you Hmm. gotta game the system we're gamers we game the system right isn't that what we do
2: Mm -hmm. yes that's true that's true once again ladies thank you so much for coming on i don't know how often we would do we could do this we tony and i would love to do it at least once a month if it's possible like i said we'll record and maybe the next segment live at bgg con and that'll be our segment for november that could be a lot of fun just sitting around the table doing something so but we need to know where we can find you so uh rhiannon uh, we'll start with you where can people find you if they're looking for you
3: on the Twitter, where I always am. Um, R-H-I-O-C-H-S.
2: And Suzanne?
1: Yeah, same, same thing on, on the Twitter. Uh, <laughs> and I am at
2: 425-S-U-Z-A-N-N-E. Now, I do have one more question before we go, Suzanne. Do you take it, the videos that you do for Board Game Breakfast and put them on YouTube? I do. You do? And what is your channel?
1: Oh, uh, it is 425-Suzanne.
2: That's so boring. And um, Rihanna's ch- <laughs> Rihanna's channel is at uh, Spooning Meeples. And uh, thank you again, ladies, for coming on. And we look forward to next time. And we will see you two under the table after we beat you at diamonds at BGGCon.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, nice comeback Oh, the
2: trash talk is going to be
0: flying oh, mm-hmm, here
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, we got mm-hmm. <laughs> I was expecting like a Z-snap Oh, yeah, you go, girlfriend <laughs> I don't need
3: the trash talk
2: <laughs> Thanks again, ladies Have a great night
1: Thank you, guys That was awesome
0: Marty, I, I cannot believe That you were able to to get the podfather on our podcast today that is outstanding i mean that what a coup for our 50th episode
2: yeah, so here's the thing. So there is one man known as the Podfather that shows up like on every other podcast, but has yet to have been on ours. So we thought, what a great opportunity and, and what a great episode to bring him on for the very first time, the inaugural time on Rolling Dice and taping, Taking Names on episode 50. We are proud to have in our studio today, Stephen Bonacora from Stronghold Games. Welcome, Stephen.
4: Hey, guys. How you doing? It's great to
2: see you. Great to hear you. Thank you so much for coming on and taking some time out of your. This is a Sunday afternoon for us. I don't know if you're a football fan. We just watched the 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 Panthers lose a close, heartbreaking game. So I'm I'm kind of done with football for the day.
4: <laughs> I don't get a chance. You know, I wish I had uh, enough time to uh, keep up with uh, football, but I, I I'm working all day today, and this is uh the end. This is sort of the end of the uh, my work for the day. I think we'll do this and uh, roll into dinner. It. Uh, it's uh, getting on. It's four, four fifteen PM here in uh, in New Jersey. You guys are in uh, Central Time, I guess, right? No, we're in North Carolina. Oh, you're here too. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah,
0: no, we're just we're we're just down the road from Dan and Chris. We're the North Carolina contingent. So, oh, come on, okay. Dan.
4: Do you guys go to um, that board game thing? That's th- in that area, and they've got some other cons, I think, also
2: close by. You talking about the one that uh, Dan and them do?
4: I know Dan goes to that one. Um no, there's just a con. It's a uh, called that board game thing. It's in the uh,
2: Oh oh yes up in the uh in the in the Raleigh area. Right. I have I know about it but I've never been to it. I've been invited to it, never had a chance oh, to go. Okay,
4: cool, cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a great group down there. I know there's a there's a pretty hardcore um, you know, group of gamers down in North Carolina. So congratulations for uh, having a thriving community down there.
2: Yeah, in fact, now we do have um, in Charlotte a large convention for us. It's called uh, Mace. We have about six to 700 people that attend that uh, each year. And, in fact, it's at Mace this year where Tony and I are doing that uh, Diamonds tournament uh, oh, that you so nice. graciously uh, sponsored where all the proceeds are going to go towards uh, Gamers for Cures, which is what Dan Patrice runs over at uh, Geek All-Stars.
4: Yeah, Dan is, uh, is an awesome guy. Uh, thank you for... Uh for running the tournament and doing it as a charity event and uh and contributing to his uh his charity um turner syndrome which uh uh, stronghold games also um provides him with uh some funding for that as well uh each year so it's it's a it's a really great cause and thank you guys really for being part of that too that's really awesome
0: oh no we're we're happy to do it i look forward to doing this tournament and if anything it will hone my skills for when we get down to bgg con and um marty and i take on those uh females for um this other you know i don't want to you know lead into that but we got to challenge them for something and marty's coming up with some kind of wager that's probably going to get me in a lot of trouble but that's okay i can manage that
4: no no you got to remember that the pod father you mm-hmm. know f- has the first crack at playing with Rhiannon, Brittany, uh Suze, uh stephanie and and i'm uh, missing and uh Oh, darn. Who's the fifth one that's playing in the tournament? Uh, not Tiffany. Oh, uh, it's not Tiffany. T- oh, gosh. Help me out, guys. You forgot. Now I'm going to get in trouble that I forgot somebody. Brittany? Did I say- didn't say Brittany. And Brittany, too. All right, Brittany so- Strong. Oh.
2: Margaret? Um, or what's her name?
4: Oh, uh, I
0: can't remember it. Do- it doesn't matter. All you're going to do is you're going to wipe the floor with them, right?
4: I told them, I told them that um, um, I'm calling it Bonacore versus the Babes, so they're, gonna, they're all going uh, <laughs> to gang up on me, I think, in that uh, in that tournament. But, uh i uh, i'm sure that i'm gonna get killed by them but it's it it should be a lot of fun
0: before we get into um talking about that incredible and awesome game diamonds marty and i we kind of try to we're we're one of the younger shows on the dice tower network and we try to remind people where the publishers the large publishers got their start and just for our own education here stronghold first off where did you come up with that name
4: yeah that's a very very good question the uh Kicked around dozens, dozens of names. Uh, a lot of them having to do with uh, uh, the USA and Canada, because my original business partner was uh, was Canadian, and nothing was working out. And well, I just threw out Stronghold Games, which is the uh, the the stronghold is the tongue-in-cheek name for my house. So uh, I just call it the stronghold. So, and we both said, yeah, that sounds pretty good. And I was like. Damn, that's great! Cause now you know I'm, I invite people to the stronghold. It's got a headquarters of stronghold Games, so it's it's uh it just just worked out, and it's a really cool name. Um, I mean, I think it is. I mean, because it's a sort of fantasy themed and interesting like that. The funniest thing about the the company in that name is that I yet I am yet to have a fantasy themed game in my catalog. I've got a lot of space games. I've got no fantasy themed games. Why? I haven't found the right one yet. So when I find the right one. <laughs> That's going to be, you know, it's going to be a great one because I, I love fantasy as well as sci-fi, so it's going to be fun when I get that right one.
2: So what did you do before Stronghold Games and what made you decide, you know what, I want to get into game publishing?
4: Well, uh, I guess you don't know that this is not actually the only thing that I do. I am not a full-time employee of Stronghold Games. There are no full-time uh-huh. employees. I mean, I do, I work two jobs, essentially. I work, I work a full-time job uh and i also work stronghold games uh, essentially as another one um i'm a uh, infrastructure project manager at a um at wealth management firm uh, a wall street wealth management firm i'm from new jersey i'm in new york every day um that is it and i've been at that firm or the predecessor firm for 20 years so it's um it's a, a relatively lucrative thing to do that you know it in wall street so it's very hard to just simply give that up and then go to the Pennies uh, margin that you get, you know, in the game industry. The game industry is a very, very, very hard thing to make money at. And you know, really, if you look at the companies that have significant employees, you know, that are really um, the biggest companies in the industry, they all have a game in their catalog that uh, is their uh, is their evergreen title and sells huge over time. Uh, look, I mean, look at every look. You know, look at look at every one of them. Look at Days of Wonder, right? I mean, uh, Bo- and they have two: a Ticket to Ride and then Small World to a, a lesser degree. Uh, Steve Jackson Games, Munchkin, Munchkin, Munchkin. They've got that whole thing, so they've got a big, big set of employees. Z-Man made it big with both uh, um, Pandemic and Agricola, and now they've got a number of titles, and they were bought by a bigger company, so they've got. They've got a lot of people. Uh, I have Survive, which is my biggest-selling game by far, but still doesn't sell to the numbers you know that would truly be able to continuously fund a company with employees over time. We'll get there. We're working on it. Um, there's been a lot of great, a lot of great, great buzz. This has been this has been truly the breakout year for Stronghold. I mean, I, I you know, each year we've we've doubled our size essentially. I mean, grown by at least fifty percent to a hundred percent. This year was truly a one hundred percent growth in the company uh in terms of titles in terms of revenue in terms of in terms of reach buzz on the games it has been a phenomenal year uh, i thank everybody out there by the way all the gamers out there that have embraced the titles that we've done and the games we've done um and you know hopefully over time we kind of retire from the uh, 9 to 5 or actually it's much much earlier than that uh retire from that uh you know day-to-day kind of grindy thing and then do this you know, passion, a, a job that, that you just have a passion for. You know, as gamers, we have this passion. And as, and as a company owner, not only you know, I, I have a passion for games, and a passion for making great games and bringing them out to gamers across the world.
0: And I think people need to realize that. I mean, everybody's, oh, he oh, he gets to jet across the world and go to all these conventions and play with all these people and just, you know, tell everybody about these games and meet with publishers, smooths. I mean, that's the story that everybody thinks about but they don't realize i mean you've got another job i mean eventually yeah i mean i'm i'm sure you'll be looking forward to getting out of the the rat race and joining this other race here the board gaming race
4: it's not it's not going to be any easier <laughs> you know when you when you've so, so you've, you've grown a company to a certain size um and obviously stronghold is taking up more and more and more time you've grown a, company to a certain size even if i can you know, manage to completely migrate myself away from the other job. That doesn't mean that I'm gonna, you know, sit back with my feet up on the desk and just order people around. It it requires a lot, a lot of time and a lot, a lot of, a lot of handholding, a lot of management. Uh, it would be great to hand off some of that stuff. I think that coming this this upcoming year, there'll be definitely the ability, the um, the need, and uh, I will reach out to people to see, you know, if people want to take, you know, let's say, let's call them intern style jobs at Stronghold to, uh, to learn about the industry, take some, take some stuff off my plate. They'll get to learn about the industry. Hopefully, they'll, um, they'll want to be part of something, something big and growing, and you know, who knows what that can turn out in the future, you know, or an actual job.
2: Now, you said uh, even as the president, you're not a full-time employee of the company. Do you have any other people on the payroll to help with some of the day-to-day paperwork and day-to-day activities that has to be done? Zero. So you do it all yourself in the in the wee hours of the night in the morning.
4: <laughs> I, I don't sleep much. Um, I, I gotta I gotta admit though I have I have a lot of good friends and associates that will give up some of their time to do things uh, for me. Um, very good friends who help me with uh, customer service, doing replacements and you know some minor shipments. I have I have a great group of play testers. You know uh, that just just came back from Essen brought you know i mean dozens dozens of new games and prototypes back and now have to vet every one of those you know some of them are quick and some of them are going to take a lot of time so um over the next several weeks i mean i've scheduled multiple touch points with all these people to 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 see how they're doing and get together physically with them a couple times to make sure things are going these people get paid a zero they are not employees. They are friends and associates that simply also are passionate gamers and want to see great games come out. And, of course, we'd love to, to, to be that one who says, I got that game on Stronghold's catalog because, you know, I thought this was great and I played it with Steven and it worked out great and then, you know, he went to publish it. So that's the kind of thing that, that my friends do and my associates do, but they are all unpaid. They work for beer and pizza and uh, and games. That's what I always tell people. If you come to work, <laughs> come to work for me at Stronghold, you're going to get paid with beer, pizza and sh- and some games.
2: So college students out there, I mean <laughs> that is your dream job right there. It is. Beer, pizza and games. I mean
0: especially if you are looking at how to take a company and, and just the publishing, the shipping, the logistics all of that, I mean, if you provide that internship, and I mean, I, I work with interns, I hire interns for what I do. I mean, that is just experience that is incredible right there. And at a smaller scale, you can't get lost in a huge company. That's, that's great.
4: No, certainly would be no getting lost when <laughs> it's only this set of eyes looking at a very small number of people. So yeah, no, it's, um, yeah, I I mean, we'll see how that pans out. I I I got I it's it, where I'm at the point right now with all the things that are going on and all the games coming out that I really literally have to like parse some stuff out. So, um I I can see that happening uh in the near future with various, you know, various parts of uh um of stronghold games. Um, you know, including a very uh a very big dive into a um, a demo team program that's going to be coming up very soon as well.
2: Well, I'm glad that we found out this information and that it's not a lot of people may be hearing this for the first time. See
4: how I segued that for you? you know, did you know yeah, that. That, the <laughs> pod father is really good at this kind of stuff? <laughs> you know how to do this. <laughs> And I have to, and I have to point it out to everybody on the air too.
0: <laughs> not, not a problem. Please send me notes because that is the one thing Marty points out constantly. I cannot do. I can't Segway. I can't even ride a Segway. There is nothing I can do on that. Okay. So that was. Did sweet. you know that the
2: inventor of the Segway died by falling off the cliff with his Segway? I heard that. There you go. <laughs> hey, I snoped that thing. I think that thing's true. Okay. <laughs> so I, the reason why I think I think this is really informative because a lot of people may not know this because, let's be honest, Stronghold has had a huge year. You are coming out with so many wonderful games that on the front, on the front page, you go to your website, what we see in media, you look like a lot bigger company than what's going on behind the scenes. So to hear that there's this person, you, behind the scenes that is... Basically, not not part-time, not not mean that. This isn't his full-time job, managing this entire process and all logistics. And then you've got people that are coming in just freely giving it their, their their time to make this company work. That's very impressive, my man.
4: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much.
2: Because, honestly, if you didn't know this and you just went and, and looked at your front website and all the great games coming out, you would think there is a lot more people behind the scenes getting this job done.
4: Yeah. Well, I, you know... It, Don't know what to say. It it is just me. Uh, We um, um, we we try to. I I get help where where it makes sense to get help. Certainly, the designers are also part of it. You know, Um, you know, a good designer wants to see his product come out the way. You know that his vision is there. You know on there. So we make sure that um, you know if they want to be fully engaged in getting that game out you know, the way they want it. I have them working on, on the art with me and working with the, the artists and working on the, the way things are supposed to look and the rules and everything like that. So it's, um, it's, it's a collaboration in a lot of ways, but you know, it's no, there are no other true employees as, as we've said.
0: And, and Marty, along with that, it, I mean, Steven, you are, you, you're quick to reply to emails. You're quick to answer some of our questions. I mean, when you announced that you were going to bring among the stars over, I mean, bam, you, you shot me an email right back. I mean, that's, that's a, very impressive. No, oh,
2: thank you.
4: No, I, I, I endeavor to, I endeavor to, <laughs> I endeavor to, uh, to promote things uh, to the best of my ability. So thank you.
2: You've Said you got a lot of games back from Essen that now your your playtesting group is going to start looking at, which kind of led to another question I was going to ask. So, do you go out looking in particular for certain games to publish, or do you people now just to the point now where they're bringing games to you in hopes that you'll like it enough to publish
4: it? Um, great question. Uh, there's a there's a lot of ways that um that games end up you know showing up here to take a look at Essen's um, a very special case uh when I'm out there it's a very big opportunity uh for a a North American company to get in front of a different audience not only different designers who have prototypes uh but actually much more importantly to see these small um the small publishers in Europe, who'll print for they'll print a thousand units of the game. They'll sell most of them there in Essen or on their pre-orders or part of a Kickstarter that they did or something like that. Uh, and then that game very often just vanishes. It's gone because that's all you know. They they don't have distribution, and in any industry where there's a physical product involved, distribution is everything. So. What I do when I'm out there is I look to see what games are being released at Essen. I I do a lot of research beforehand. And, uh, you know, Combing, Board Game Geek, and things like that. And I set up meetings with a lot of promising game publishers, European game publishers, like myself, even smaller in many, many cases, many cases, mostly smaller. I set up meetings with them, we discuss their games, and if If things sound interesting, they give me a copy, we take it back here, and that's part of the next several weeks that I'm going to be going through all of these games. They're already published games, in many cases, going through these games and playing them. And if the game makes sense, I then make a licensing deal with them to hopefully get English language worldwide or English language non-Europe or something like that so that I can then bring the game out to the rest of the world... Um, you know, for for some great game, Among the Stars is one of the you know one of the great examples of making a phenomenal partnership with a great small company in Europe. And that, actually, in is getting pretty big. They've got a, they've got a, a solid catalog and some great uh, universes that they're working on. On Artippy Games, after our first meeting uh, at SN last year. You know, he's like, yeah, I really want to work with you, Stephen. I mean, I know, I can see what you're doing out there. This is great. So we basically struck a deal on the spot last year to say, you can bring, you bring Among the Stars out in English for the rest of the world. uh, And they maintain, you know, European English rights and it's it's been phenomenal and that relationship's going to continue uh, on into the future.
2: Is that kind of the story of every? Get, let's take a prime game that is now like your hot game right now Panamax. Is that how Panamax came to me was it was it to you was it already published and you wanted to bring it to the US?
4: That was a game that game was in prototype last year um at at the spiel at Essen. And the designers of the game were looking for ...a a English publisher. They had already had Heidelberger Spiele on on the hook for German. And they had some others that were were being considered for other languages. They were looking for someone who would be able to push this game into the English-speaking markets. Uh, And I obviously... You know, and English is the sort of the Cadillac language uh, in, in board gaming. Uh, you'll sell more copies in English than anything else. But you have to be able to reach into those markets. So obviously a North American company will hit the USA and Canada substantially with any game. So they they brought the game to me. I said, this game has a lot, a lot of potential. We played it and played it here in a similar manner to what you know I'm talking about that I'm doing with the games that just came over, that I just brought back over. We played the heck out of this game. Uh, we did quite a bit of development. Uh, one of my one of my very good friends, lead developer on this game, his name is Steve Rogers. He is phenomenal, uh, and he took a design that was 90% there and just polished it and worked very closely with the designers to just bring it to that next level. And Panamax has been a phenomenal success for Stronghold Games, right? We sold out of Panamax. In two hours at Gen Con. I just flew in 120 copies there and they were just flew out the door. The game just went street date. That means it was just uh, li- available in your friendly local, friendly online game store this past Wednesday, the 22nd. That was the 22nd. It, and we were allocated. What that means is that distributors, we were double allocated. Distributors wanted, say, a given distributor wanted, 200 copies they were given less than 100 copies so anybody who wants Panamax right now better go out and get it very very soon because i guarantee that you're not going to be able to find it at your friendly local or friendly online game store very soon we we have a we have a bunch more copies coming over in the next container which is arriving this week but that's actually a small number it was just the rest of the shipment that we couldn't fit on the first container and i just i've already committed to get another Full-size print run on this game because the demand has been fantastic. There obviously is a really great market, a really nice, sizable market for the that you know mid-heavyweight euro, and that's exactly what Panamax is with some really innovative mechanics in there: action dice selection and that chain reaction pushing mechanism where you're pushing ships through the canal. Um, that, you know, might be in front of you. If you have to move, you have to always move your ships, so you might be actually helping people a little bit by pushing their ships. Hopefully you can then push them into one of the lakes that's part of the canal system and then continue on through the locks. Fantastic game, and the buzz continues to be really high on it.
2: So I actually just got to play this game for the first time yesterday. We had an extra life event at our uh, game club here in Charlotte and uh one of my uh, friends here, both of us pre-ordered the game and he brought his copy and I got to sit down and play for the first time. Um I am I'm am blown away by the mechanics of the game, but I real will say this, it made me feel really stupid. <laughs> because obviously, I did not grasp what needed to be going on. the game uh Tony only lasts for three rounds. I think after the third round was done, I went, "Oh, okay, I was supposed to do that after the scoring was done because uh for those who haven't played it, the goal is at the end of the game is the person with the most money wins. so the first place person had like a hundred and thirty something dollars. the second place person had uh, like a hundred and twenty something dollars Marty. Had 38 bucks when we were done. I felt like an <laughs> idiot. I'm like, what did I miss? This makes
4: <laughs> perfect. Don't worry about it, Marty.
2: <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, how can I have played for this two hours and not totally grasped anything that was going on? I will, I will give this as a tip for anybody that plays this game for the first time. You have your own personal boats uh, that you can buy to put out there to ship. And there is one that's a three cargo or three slot boat put that one in the water. I didn't do that. The two guys that won, if you get that boat all the way through to the end, you get this extra bonus scoring uh, card that you can use at the end to score more points. That's how they won the game, and that's why I went, "Oh, I really should have put that boat in the water then."
4: Yeah, getting getting well, obviously getting lots of cargo out there is going to be key. You have to, you know, you have to manage your money well. You have to manage the company well. If 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 your company's uh constantly not being able to pay dividends and all of a sudden you're going to have to pay the dividends for the company, that's going to be problematic. There's a, there's a lot going on. It's It it's definitely, definitely takes a couple of plays and all of a sudden you'll be like, ah, those are the ways that I'm going to do really well. <laughs> and and you're getting, getting those extra... Um, Oh, those bonus tokens, you know, that you get, and if you get the bonus tokens, you get special actions as you go along. I can't remember. What it, I can't, sorry, I can't remember the, the the terminology in the game. Get, you know, getting at those extra things is actually going to really help you a lot as well. So there's a, there's a there are numerous paths to victory there, and it definitely is going to take a couple of times through to really, really. You know, do best.
2: I did learn one thing I didn't realize, and I guess I just didn't never study the Panama Canal enough. I thought it was just one big canal. I didn't realize it was a series of locks and lakes in between each one of them. So
4: it was educational. I mean, that's exactly we didn't we didn't do it truly the way the canal is is um, you know the number of locks exactly, but you know because you have to make a game out of this as well. Sure. Um, But yes, there are there are. Quite a few locks in the canal, and there are lakes in the canal, rivers and lakes. And the, you know, obviously, they used those lakes as you know as a way of creating the entire system. So, as ships are get moving through them, you know they and, and I mentioned that before. As you and as you're pushing other ships through, you can kind of drop them into the lake, and then you can continue on after that. Um, and that's part of the the. I guess you can say educational value as well as the as the game value. it 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 really is um. Kind of simulating the entire movement through that through that canal system.
2: And I was really nervous when I first saw a Euro game with a lot of dice, and I went, "Oh, how are you going to use dice in a game? Because it's going to introduce too much no. luck." No, not at all. I love the way. The only time the dice are rolled is just to determine how many of the different actions you're going to have each round. The uh, the cargo dice that you use for people who haven't played those aren't even rolled for anything. Right. They're they're just used as to indicate the the, the the number of pips on each side when you put them on uh, as cargo, that's going to indicate how much money you get at the end when you ship them. So what I was worried about doesn't even come to play at all. If there's anybody that's worried there's too much luck because they see all those dice, don't let that scare you at all. The luck is very minimal. No, there's
4: no, I mean, you're right, there's, there, there's no real luck as far as like what's going to happen with you. There's no dice rolling. The, as, as you implied, the dice are rolled to determine what, uh, what, what, which of those cards, which of those actions are going to be available um, and how many of them are going to be available on any given uh, any given round? So, and that's and that affects everybody equally on the board. So, it's it has it is a very minimal luck based game. It really it really is a uh, a heavy economic game with some other very novel mechanics that are put into that game and really blended very well together and in a, and in a thematic way as well.
0: So let's recap real quick on this. Panamax love fest we have going here, which is fine. Some (laughs) of us won't get to play until BGG probably, Uh, but that's okay. I'm not jealous, Marty. Um,
2: So, you you Hey, I've got it. You can come to my house any time if you can get out of your house and come yeah, play. Come with that one.
4: I'll uh-huh. I'll have yeah. I'll have Rhiannon teach you. She's like the premier like, you know, spokesperson for this game right now. So
2: Yeah, I've been
0: hearing about it for 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 a week now, Steven. So yes, i I, I hope I'll be I'm gonna be like Marty. I'll be lucky if I score twenty points or whatever, twenty dollars in cash. But <laughs> I I do wanna just reiterate, tough to get right now, incredible game, you've got more on the way. Um, can they go to your website, order any up? W- what's the best way to get a copy now that everybody's hearing about it?
4: Well, they certainly can always order directly from Stronghold Games. Um, that's always a possibility. Uh, but, you know, we support the uh, the friendly local, friendly online game stores as well. So, you know, uh, go to where you normally buy your games and, and pick one up. If they don't have it, look someplace else. If they don't have it, yes, you can come to us. We always maintain a few copies that we can, you know, sell, you know, as well um, you know, to people, you know, it, so that we also have them at conventions and that we can sell them on the website,
0: which goes back to once again your, your small company. Uh, what you got a pod somewhere? Is can Storage Wars? Can we go bid on it? What's going on here? Maybe we'll get a yeah. bunch of stronghold
4: games. Hey, maybe maybe if I go bankrupt, right? You can go get, go to my pod and then you know and like oh <laughs> they can look back and they're like oh wait I see three cases of Panamax that's got to be worth a lot of money wait that's great that's <laughs> it there it is go get it oh look look, look there's Core Worlds CO2. go 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 go. <laughs> No, so I mean that's actually you know that actually brings us full circle back to the um, the almost the opening question. Um, I have and almost and everybody who everybody in this industry who's a professional publisher has someone who sells their games. They're not a they're not an employee. Um, you can I ha, they are a fulfillment, warehousing and sales agent. And a lot of us use the same. The same company. It's a company out of Atlanta, Georgia, um, Norcross, Georgia, to be exact. Um, so they are the ones who get my games into distribution, and then the distributors get them out to the retail store. So um, they obviously have take a fee every time they sell a game. They take they take a, a, a cut. So you can you can call them if you like. Um, uh, you know, part of the company. Uh, they certainly. They they are they are an agent of mine. I call them my sales agent. Um, some some fairly large companies use them exclusively as well. Uh, Steve Jackson Games, who I mentioned before, they actually use them as well. But they're they're really big with the the, the more mid and small companies. Um, uh, Colby over at Plat Hat uses them. Travis Indie Board and Card Games use them. A lot of us use them because they have true global reach. They can hit every distributor in the world basically, which is a great thing for uh, for us you know us publishers.
0: Yeah, and I, I think I know who you're talking about because I've, and they don't have a storefront because I called them up and said, hey, any chance? And they're like, no, you got to come. I, I, I'm in anyway. I think I'm, <laughs> no, yeah. I can.
4: I can mention it. it's. They are called uh, Publisher Services Incorporated, a PSI, and they're out of North Cross, Georgia. A great group of guys, um, and they do all those three services that I mentioned. They warehouse all my stuff. They fulfill the the onesie Tuesdays or the big pre-orders. I do like three hundred, you know, Panamax on pre-order. They take care of that huge amount of shipping, and then they also sell. There's a they have dedicated sales people that go out and they sell to to distributors and also try to get you into the the big box stores to get you into well or the big online like Amazon mm-hmm. and. And, uh, and Barnes and Noble, so they take care of all of that for me. That's something, and I, maybe I, I can give you know special props out to them, and in general to, to your audience. So you understand. Without that, without that service, there would be no stronghold games. I mean, literally, full stop. There could be no stronghold games. I would be a, you know, I, I'd, I'd be a guy selling on my website. Any of us, any of us out there, would be a guy selling on, the, on their website. And when stronghold started. As you probably know, right? I'm now uh, five years old um, this month. Five five years old. Thank thank me. Congratulations. So I'm going pat pat oh, to pat myself on the back. There you go. It was October of 2009 um, where, the, where the, all the papers were signed. Um, um, back then, there was no Kickstarter. So, literally, there was no way to do this kind of business at all without somebody like this. Now, theoretically... You know, you could use Kickstarter, you can get all the crowdfunding, you could take the money in, and if you sold a thousand games, you could be in your basement and pack a thousand games, and and then you'd be done with that game, and you'd hopefully move on, theoretically. However, guess what? PSI actually does many, many Kickstarter fulfillments as well, so they'll they'll be contracted by somebody who just did a Kickstarter and sold 500 games or whatever, and they'll take care of doing all that fulfillment too, so they do a lot of work for a lot, a lot of small companies and uh, independent people.
2: Now, you don't really take advantage of uh, Kickstarter a lot, do you?
4: I have never done a Kickstarter. I, I, I knew
2: that. I just kind of wanted to... I, I was leading the witness. You are leading the witness. Um. <laughs> the witness. The witness always
4: makes the same statement. Always makes the same statement that... Um, I, think, I believe professional publishers shouldn't be in that... You know, in Kickstarter. They should not be crowdfunding. Why shouldn't they be crowdfunding? Because we should be putting our own capital, our own marketing abilities our own vetting abilities. As I said, I've got a team of people out there that, that work with me, you know, friends, who work with me to make sure these games are great games. It's not just one brain. What I do, I I make sure that when I'm bringing a game out, it's got me all over it, right? I'm here talking to you on a Sunday afternoon because I want people to know that Stronghold Games is out there making great games for you. I'm putting my personality, my marketing, my own capital behind it. Now, I also have said every time, that once a project comes up that is outside of my core business model, I will use a crowdfunding source. I will use Kickstarter. Steve Jackson Games, I mentioned the third time I mentioned them. Why do I keep mentioning them? Well, oh, because they're a good example of a lot of things. They're a nice big company. They make, what, Munchkin is a $25 game, and they make some $35 games. I mean, maybe up to $50, maybe. So they got that really small price point, $20 to $50. All of a sudden, they decided, we want to do this designer's edition of Ogre. $100 game. Well, they never sold a $100 game. They don't even know if a $100 game can sell to their, to their market. They went on to Kickstarter. They put it out there. They were ultra-successful in doing it. But the point is, and it was success or non-success, they did not know if they could sell a game like this. They went out to the crowdfunding source and they did it. Their professional publisher going outside of their market to do this. When Stronghold Games comes up with that product, which is going to happen very, very soon, then I will do exactly the same thing.
2: Um, okay so here 's the thing the The statement that you made just a second ago, you feel that it would, if it 's in your if it's in your core competency mm-hmm. that you as the publisher should put your own capital up to sell it and not rely on crowdfunding our entire audience, which could be in the tens right the tens now easy. just just <laughs> <laughs> just just cheered like crazy, hearing something like that because. Behind the scenes, I talk with a lot of different people and I'm not going to throw anybody on the bus or anything, but there are a lot of people that have issues with, wait a minute, why should I be putting my money towards something that you're not sure that's going to work or not? And you're waiting to see, you know, whether it's going to work by whether this funds, uh, instead of just doing the legwork up front, like you're doing, you're getting testers in there playing the game. Do you really like the game? Do you think this can take off? And you have enough faith in the game and talking with the designer to say, you know what, this is going to be a hit that's awesome. Oh,
4: thank you. No, and, and and I know professional publishers who do use it and they're friends of mine and I I don't agree with the stance. Uh and look, I'm not, I you every the market should do what the market does. I'm a, fr- I'm a free market capitalist. Mm-hmm. So if the market wants to buy those games, that's absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I'm just giving you my opinion and I'm one man giving you their opinion that This is the way, and 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 there's a a degree of integrity behind this. There's a degree of 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 what I am, I'm, you know, confidence that the market is in me that I can bring those great games out. So all these things together, saying this is how I feel about it. I will do a Kickstarter at some point, and it's going to be pretty soon. Uh, But you'll see, it's going to be way outside of what I do, and therefore it makes sense that I would test the market by doing that.
2: Well, I'm very excited to see what that's going to be. Is that going to be this year, first quarter next
4: year? Mm-hmm. 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 We'll just say – let's just say coming soon.
0: All right. Coming <laughs> soon. Cool. I want to go back, Stephen, if it's all right, to 2014. You said your breakout year. Incred- I mean, among the stars, it's been out. You brought it over. Um, I'm sure – I, it was a huge success here in my house. I can't wait to get down to BGG and get the ambassadors, and then of course you know Core Worlds Revolution, some more Space Cadets, um, Panamax, and then Medina's coming, and then also another one that Marty will have to help me pronounce because I Kanban. Did you 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 coach me so canbon? See, I screw it up every time. ISO nine no. Um, <laughs> so, a huge year. Did you? In 2013, did you realize how big? Oh Lord, I almost forgot diamonds. My 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 2014 game of the year. Um, Thank you. Hey, hey, I love card games. That's what Marty and I. You know, when we roomed together in college, we played cards constantly. So anytime there's a new card game out, I'm all over it because I love playing cards. But um, did you think in 2013 that 2014 was going to be so huge?
4: Short answer: no. Long answer: this year there was a Confluence—is that, that the right term? The, the, it was a perfect storm of things that occurred this year uh, to make this year a great year. Um, the aforementioned strategic partnership—I didn't call it that before—but essentially, that's what I now have with Artipia Games when they, when we decided, or when they asked me to do Among the Stars. Um, I didn't know at that moment that I would also. Be doing among the stars, the ambassadors, the first expansion, and among the stars, expanding the alliance, the second expansion. Um, I, I mean, I, I thought that I would do them eventually, but you know, you kind of test the waters. But they were going to reprint the two games or and print the, um, expanding the alliance for for the first time, and they were like, well. Do you want to just join because you have the base? Now you want these. They're going to come out right you just come out after. It. It'll be a great buzz. And I'm like, I guess I should do those too. Yes. <laughs> so there was two that all of a sudden just just hit. Um, Panamax, you know, we admit it looked great. We had to make sure it was right. That took a while to do it. Medina came out of the woodwork. We haven't even mentioned that guy, I don't think. Uh, Medina with the beautiful wood. Uh, um, White Goblin Games uh, uh, didn't release much this year. And when they... Had Medina, uh, they got the license to redo that. It's a reprint of a two thousand uh, 2001 game by Rio Grande, uh, the, the you know big Rio Grande. Um, they said they came to their go-to North American publisher, Stronghold Games. And they said, "Hey, you want to do this with us? The game is going to look even better than the original." I said, "Yeah, really? Yeah, okay, sure." And then they showed, they sent me the the, game, the pieces of the game. I'm like. <sighs> Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, okay, I want to do this game because <laughs> they actually look 200 wooden pieces and they look better than the original game. More, It's better tooling you can do in 2014 than you could do in 2001, so it's just it's just gorgeous. Um, Kanban, Automotive Revolution. This is Vital Lacerda's follow-up. is his next game. He makes the biggest, the heaviest weight of all of the Euros. Um, we did CO2 with him two years back. He did Venus the year before that uh, I think it was Z-Man who did did the U.S. version that I forgot now, but so you know he came directly to, to Stronghold. He said, "I I I just love the way you're operating, Steven. I wanna I wanna do a game with you." And I'm like, "I'm kind of full on games right now. I don't know." And he's like, "I really want to bring this one out of Essen. Really, really, I really want it." So again, we took the game here, and I had one of my guys, Paulin Kale, a the guy's a phenomenal Euro gamer, really just genius at working with designers and, and getting the, that game. Kanban came to us. It was at 95% and he just tweaked it with Vital until it was perfect. And they worked tirelessly like night and day getting this thing to work in different time zones. Paul stayed up all hours of the night just making sure this thing worked. Um, and So all of these things like coming together at the same time, I actually had to like push back on a couple of things. Like I was going to do Dark Moon this year. Um, Dark Moon is the um, re-theming of BSG Express, you guys familiar with that? Mm-hmm. BSG course, yeah. Express was uh, Battlestar Galactica Express. Um, a guy did a, a print and play game, put it on Board Game Geek. It's the single most downloaded print and play game on Board Game Geek, and that says something because there's a lot of those out there. Um, it's it plays like like in in ways similar to you know Battlestar Galactica, the the, the Fantasy Flight game. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a dice based system. It's a much faster system. So it's, it's like in an hour, you're going to get this intense, intense amount of, of, you're not on my side. You're the, you know, you're the alien. Back then it was you're the Cylon. Here it's you're infected and you're trying to get me. So it's, it's that kind of game. And I had to delay that one into, into the first quarter of next year because I had so many other things happening at the same time. Um, just, it just all like hit at the same time. And I'm like, I just got to do these. Got to do these. Got to buckle through it, get these done, and if it works out, it's going to be great, great, great for the company and I think in the end it all it all did. I mean, all of the all the stars aligned. The games all are releasing approximately when I said they would re- release. They all hit S correctly and now every one of the 10 releases, five kind of base games and this five expansions and all of that are all going to hit by November 19th right before Black Friday right before the holiday season perfect
2: yay yes that is great and you mentioned uh kanban now i'm i'm excited about this is well i don't know if um if uh, panamax just blew my mind i can't imagine what this game (laughs) is going to do to me but i'm excited about this because this is a real thing for those who don't know kanban is and i'm looking at wikipedia to make sure i say it right it's a just-in-time production system this is actually a process that um, uh, factories use in creating objects and in this case i believe it's creating cars uh, that's being done in the uh, the game it's a it's a uh, inventory not an inventory control system but a manufacturing process system so what I think is really cool is that y- you've taken a a process a boring factory process that's been around see it looks this started like in the in the 40s it looks like and you've made a game out of this again very cool idea that's actually going to be somewhat educational for a lot of people
4: in a lot in some ways it will be I mean some some people have actually approached me people who are, who, who do um um, agile, agile project mm-hmm. management. That's a bit, very big thing these days. Uh, and Kanban is, is part of that. Kan- Kanban is, is process management. So it's a little bit different, but it's, it's in that whole vein. And they've come to me and said, like, can we use this for teaching? And I'm like, uh, your mileage may vary on that one. I can't guarantee that that's the case. And I don't really think that it is. I mean, it still is a game. It's not about, you know, it's not going it, you know, to get you, uh, you know, lean certified or, you know, or Kanban certified or anything like that. Um, in Kanban Automotive Revolution, oh, 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 by the way, Kanban made Toyota and Honda what they, what they have become today. In the 90s, they were the, they had dominated the automotive industry because of their just-in-time um process management. and it was, and Kanban was what they implemented to do that. Um, so in Kanban, you're going to be literally getting projects, uh, starting the production of cars, getting parts, upgrading parts, and reporting back to the board of directors uh, to, to get your points and to prove that you're doing a great job. And the factory manager is kind of dogging you around throughout the game. Her name is Sandra. And you can play Sandra in two modes, nice Sandra or mean Sandra. It actually says that. And she's nice or mean. In, ni- in nice Sandra mode, she will reward you if you're doing well in every given department. In mean Sandra mode, she will penalize you if you're doing badly. So just when you think you can, you know, you grok this game. Oh, I got this. I know how to do this. Flow this here. Do this here. Get the parts. Do this. And all of a sudden, boom! If you're in, if you're doing least best, you know, you're doing the worst in a given department. Now you're going to get penalized for that. Your victory points are going to are going to be are going to suffer. So really, absolutely phenomenal implementation of, of of a process management in a board game. Um, uh, um, fantastic artwork i mean the board when you first look at the board it's it's so busy but then you see that each one of the the sections of this of this huge this huge board is a different department and they all flow together on how you have to use them um it is a big game again. It, this is this is by one of the guys who does some of the biggest games in the industry. So, not for the faint of heart, but not such a big game that somebody who is you know euros are their thing and they've done medium weight euros, you can actually you can step up and play this game. Um, in a lot of ways, it's it's actually an approachable game because of the fact that it flows from department to department as long as you understand what what do you do in this department. This is almost a slightly. It's going to be a little different thing. The actions you take here is going to be going to be quite different than you're going to take in this department. So as long as you understand what you're doing in each one, you might not do it. Kanban, You might not optimally do it, but you're going to be able to grok the whole thing and get through it and score points. Uh, again, it's not going to be something you're going to. You're going to, be, you're going to be the best at first pass through, and you'll play it in easy Sandra mode. Later on, you'll be wanting to see how challenging it can be by playing it in the harder mode.
2: Now, in this, um, there I've, I've heard as much buzz for this game as I have for Panamax. So for those people who are listening who are interested in it, um, I fear that just like it's hard to find Panamax now, uh, it may be hard to find this game when it eventually comes out. So if you have any interest in it, you might want to go try to... Is it is the pre-order still up? No, the pre-order is gone, isn't it? The for
4: pre-order it? for Kanban is still up, but I think by the time this drops, it probably won't be. I'm going to be closing pre-orders. For the current crop, there's three games on pre-order now. Kanban, um, Medina, and Space Cadets Resistance is Mostly Futile. That's the Space Cadets, original Space Cadets expansion. Those pre-orders are probably going to close by the end of uh, this week, so by November 1, probably. So I don't know when this is going to drop. Check out Stronghold Games. If you missed the pre-order, don't worry. It'll be in your friendly local game store by November 19th, so you'll be getting it soon.
2: And you might want to be one of the first in line because it may go pretty this quick. This
4: one's going to go pretty quick too. We have again, I've already, I've, without even knowing my sales in this game, I've already hit print again. That's how much confidence I have in this game. It's, it's going to be, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to sell through because of the great buzz and, and the great gameplay on it too. I mean, these games are being hyped. I hope not just because uh, I've been talking about it on every podcast and, but, but people who are playing these games are really, really excited about them. Obviously, I'm excited about them. That's easy, right? I mean, I'm a passionate guy. But the people who are playing these games, in essence, Kanban was the first game I sold out. I sold out of Kanban. I sold out of Panamax. I sold out of uh, Medina. I didn't sell out of diamonds, but I brought a lot of diamonds. I mean, I I had a few copies left, but but I brought more because I knew knew it would be an impulse purchase at at the smaller price point. So, I, I brought many more of those. So, Kanban is going to sell out, um, you know, once it's in retail. So you definitely want to get it, and it, they'll, we'll be coming back after that. But you'll know, grab that, grab those first copies uh, if you want them.
0: Twenty fourteen, it's wrapping up. We're already in fourth quarter here. What about twenty fifteen? What about it? What you got? <laughs> Come on, drop, drop, drop some hints. <laughs> Come on, uh, throw I'll the
4: a carrot. You, I'm going to tell you the stuff that 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 is. Public knowledge right now. This is the only stuff I can really tell you. I told you about, um, Dark Moon. We already mentioned that one. It's the uh, re-implementation, re-theming of BSG Express. We had, we had to drop the BSG portion of it because, right? Because it's, we don't have that IP. Fantasy Flight's got that IP. My good buddy's over there. So, uh, Dark Moon, that, um, um, great, great game about, you know, uh, with a hidden traitor, you know, who's gonna be hurting the mission basically on this, on this, on this moon and infecting everybody else. Um, I have a party game coming out. Um, I guess my first true party game called Pictomania. Pictomania by the great designer Vlada Do You know Vlada Schvadl? I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing his name right. hes I know him very well because we, I see him every year in Essen. We hang out and uh, we trade some games and stuff. Vlada is responsible for more games in the top 100 on Board Game than anybody else. So he's got Through the Ages, Galaxy Trucker, Dungeon pets, dungeon lords, and one other that I can't think of at the moment. But these, you know, his his catalog of, of of games is just amazing. So he came out and he's come out with a party game um, that we licensed, where you're basically it's a gamers drawing game. You have to draw pictures, and of course, it doesn't matter how beautiful they are. It has to do with you drawing at a you know relatively fast and guessing simultaneously what other people are drawing as well. Uh, really, really novel, interesting mechanic uh, for for gamers. Um We we tested this one at BGG kind of like two years ago, and we finally finally had a chance to bring it out. Um, and we we're very excited about this one. And that'll be a first quarter release as well. Then the other thing that I've announced on the website, and it's very very vague, and I can't give you any more information that, about this, is that we're going to be coming out with a new series of games. Uh, called the Great Designers series. I just touted, I just touted Vlada as a great designer, yes, but the way that this is coming out, it's, it was licensed through another group, so we didn't put this one in, in the series, because we didn't have, we already had committed to this before we started doing the Great Designer series. Uh, but we're bringing out a game, um, by a very, 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 very well known designer, um, and we're gonna make this number one game in this series. Uh, it's a big, meaty, quasi euro sort of waro game and that's all I'm going to say about it because mm. I probably for some people who know what waro means they're probably going to guess who it's by already. So so it's a it's a really really uh, phenomenal game and a re of, of a of a of a design that that he had um, several years back and uh, never been printed in English, never been printed um, for the US market and we'll be doing that first quarter, second quarter of next year. The first game in the Great Designers series for Stronghold Games.
2: Is that something you want to hopefully do year after year? Like feature the the Great design like a couple games in this series every single year? Or, are you just, or you already got something lined up and that's no, going no, to be I,
4: We're going to, I'm going to try to have at least a game a year in the in this series. Of course you need to have Great Designers who want to do it with you, but this is the first one that we've signed um, and uh, there's some others that I'd like, you know, I've other people I've I've spoken to, I like one of their designs. Uh, the moment this is going to be the first one in the series, I think we're starting it out in a really big way. Um, and we'll hopefully continue, you know, getting more and more as time goes on. This one is literally going to be numbered, you know, number one in a series. We'll see how it pans out after that.
2: Oh, that's really cool. Is there any chance, since it's like number one in a series, where like the box design or something is going to be kind of uniform between them so they kind of have the same? look and feel so they look good on your bookshelf you know number one number two number I'm three I'm sure we
4: can, uh, we can arrange something like that maybe I, actually I can't say that for sure but we can arrange something like that most likely I will say
2: that uh, for anybody that's interested in, in any of Stronghold game they have a program that I just absolutely love um, when they announce a the game is getting ready to come out Steven will say okay it's now available for pre-order and what's so great about the pre-order system is that you get it at a reduced cost than what it is when, it, when the game comes out and it's around 30 something percent, right? 30 percent, 33 percent that you typically have you get the game.
4: 33 percent. My promise to the pre order customers is you get 30 percent off the game and you get it shipped to you first. The pre order customers have it shipped to them first and then it gets shipped out to distributors and then to retailers. So, uh, you know, obviously the. the Vagaries of shipping them itself—you can't always guarantee how it how it lines up. But the pre-order customers are supposed to have that game first. They're the first boys in the block, the first girls in the block will have that game at the at the reduced price because they took a—you know—they took that that chance with us. You know, they gave us uh, their money about four weeks, up to like four or so weeks before the game came out, and then they then they bring it to the table and they evangelize the game, of course. So that's that's sort of what's in it for me, right? I, I, I precede the market um, with with the games so that then they have their friends go to the friendly local game shop and go buy the games.
2: Yeah, and that's that's a great system because if you don't have a a friendly local game store or maybe you don't want to pay full retail, and you're like, well, I'll just wait till it comes available online. Well, you're not going to get it really any cheaper, even if you order online. And I ordered Panamax through the pre-order system, and Thank it works you. great. I got a great deal on it. I was one of the first ones to get it, and now all my friends around here can't get their hands on it because they can't find it. It's like, well, you should have pre-ordered. And that's why I've told them, if you're interested in Kanban, get out there right now and pre-order, or the same thing is going to happen. So, for any of the games that's going to be coming out uh, that you might be interested in from Stronghold, I highly recommend uh, going through the pre-order if you're interested because you really won't save any more money in any, any other Aunt place Tony Tony's
0: very jealous of you yes I am and that's okay <laughs> I, I, I know where he <laughs> lives man I can get there
2: <laughs> but he but you ordered among the stars so you got that through the pre-order program didn't yes, you yes and if I had enough allowance
0: I would have also ordered diamonds and not had to call my way to get that copy too but that's okay <laughs> you know that's just that's all right. Um, r- real quick uh, on my side, wrap it up on my side. So I know right before we got on, you tweeted out "Knight of the Stronghold," the soon to be discussed down the road potential <sighs> Templars of Stronghold games to go forth and demo and promote the product. I know you can't tell us a whole lot about it, but just that that was that is really ni- nice. I-, I-, I look forward to that
4: that's yeah I, I thought we were going to bring that up before so this is a, this is a good good time to even talk about it. we i I've, I've been using the name Knight, knights of the stronghold uh for a couple of years now but but literally only using it like you know i get people who are at the conventions with me you know people who are just nice and they they say uh, you know i'd love to help you out so you give them a t-shirt you buy them a badge you give them some beer and some food and stuff like that and get games of course and we've been calling them the knights of the stronghold and they and they they've been wonderful all of them are just so good and so helpful to me, and I I couldn't I couldn't run a convention, I couldn't run a booth at all ever without the people that have helped me out. And I give them huge amount of props for, for all the help. Um, so we're gonna we're we're institutionalizing this now. We're actually gonna make this a full fledged program. I have someone who's gonna be running this. They um they're they're committed to doing it. They're doing it in a prof- as a professional in, uh, way. Um, they're actually gonna be running a program for many many people. S- stronghold program is going to be branded specifically the Knights of the stronghold everybody across the the US is going to be able to sign up um, get there's going to be benefits to people when they sign up they've got to commit to doing you know X number of demos of course and things like that and reporting back very much similar to most demo programs that are run by by many companies um, why is this one going to be better because it's going to be very very organized very very structured very very easy to to do and of course you're going to be getting stronghold game stuff to demo which i think is better than well i would like to think is better than quite a few of the other companies that are out there that have their programs that might have might be bigger companies but they're not as good as us so we're going to it's going to be a fantastic program for everybody out there
2: oh yeah and we're we're, tony you and i
0: will volunteer for the charlotte metro area right well we're signed up i will demo the snot out of anything for especially
4: appreciate that very much well and I I did a little teaser tweet there. It was a funny thing I did that teaser tweet only because Jeff Engelstein, famous Jeff Engelstein, right, designer of Space Cadets mm-hmm. and Dice Duel, uh, he tweet he just happened to show his closet of Stronghold Games uh, attire because because he's worked for me at, at a lot of conventions and I've given him um, a lot of I gave him the, 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 the collared shirts the collared red shirts that I wear because um, he's done so much work for me and he, he, he just happened to show his closet saying huh, closet clean out today. I guess I do a lot of demoing for uh, Stronghold Games and he took a picture of that, and <laughs> so when he when he did that I then kind of, I retweeted it and then I tweeted out, but co- also coming soon you can wear, you too can wear Stronghold Reds, Knights of the Stronghold Program coming soon, so that was sort of a, a teaser that I wasn't expecting to do today, but it just seemed like it was appropriate since Jeff tweeted out what he said. So, yeah, th- there's going to be information coming within literally within the next few weeks on this. Um, it'll it'll go out to the newsletter customers. Obviously, it'll go out to the uh, the Twitter followers on Facebook and all the, all those kind of things. So, you know, maybe this is a good time to to plug the the ways of getting in touch with Stronghold and knowing how about Stronghold. Visit the Stronghold Games website. Of course, it's StrongholdGames.com. As um as Tony and Marty said, right there on the front page it shows you all of our 2014 releases. It shows you when they're on pre-order. Most of them now are done, of course, because most of them are out. Uh when the pre-orders start, what that price is, when they'll be in retail and what that price is going to be. There you can sign up for the newsletter. We don't spam you. You get most of the year one a month at most. This time of year a little more because we're in the big release season. Um sign up on the right side for the newsletter. Follow us on Twitter, at Stronghold Games. Um, Like us on Facebook, slash Stronghold Games. And it's, you know, the people out there have really, really, really done great by me. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of just tremendous things happening over the next year, continuing on the success of 2015. And I thank every one of you, you guys and the podcasting uh, community and every one of those gamers out there that have been so good and so supportive of Stronghold Games, just enabling me to get it to the place I am. I'm humbled by that. It's I do not take credit for everything. Stronghold, yeah. I'm okay. I'm the I'm the one guy behind it. But if it wasn't for the gamers out there and their passion for what I'm doing, we I wouldn't have the company that I have. So thank you. Thank all of them too.
2: Well, I will say for anybody listening. Um, Uh, Steven has got to be one of the most accessible people I've ever seen in the business. I mean, uh, Steven, you're, you're on social media all the time. Anybody, somebody tweets anything about Stronghold, you retweet it and you share it. And like you said, you, you got the name The Father because you go on all these different shows and you'll take time out of your day to talk about something you're very passionate about. And us as gamers really get into that because we're passionate about games. And to hear the people that are behind the companies as passionate as us, You know, for example, like yourself or Ignasi over at Portal Games, who are so entrenched in the community, it's hard not to pull for you guys, and that's why when when you release a game, it's like, ooh, I already love Stronghold as it is. Let's go check this game out. As opposed to maybe somebody else whose face we may not see behind a company, we just like they're throwing a game out. Oh, that looks kind of cool. But when you're when you have a face associated with the company and great games behind that company, it's so easy to get behind somebody like thank you. Thank you,
4: thank you, Mike. I appreciate that very much. Uh, I that is, you know, I I, I want to be on shows like this I want to be in front of people who not only you know want to spend hours and hours gaming but they want to hear people talking about it for more and more hours when they, when they can't actually be doing that gaming so you know the, the people out in your audience are, are the alpha gamers and uh, that's why I do this I want to be out there I want to be preaching and telling them about what's happening at Stronghold uh, and uh, in general as you mentioned you know being out there in the social media being at the conventions anybody sees me at a convention they, they should just walk up to me and say hey i'm john and i hopefully they say and i love your stuff and we'll have a conversation as long as i have a moment we'll have a conversation never feel bad about approaching me there or at a game table afterwards or for that matter usually at the uh at at the hotel bar <laughs> and I, I, i'm buying beers for everybody around so that's always a always a fun thing to do as well
2: and i will say that is the truth because uh tony uh, when you and i first got started and uh went to origins for the first time or not or i went origins in 2013 our show wasn't even like six months old yet and i was walking around interviewing people um steven's one of the nicest people when i came up to him and said hi I'm, I'm just this little podunk show would you talk to us and you talked to us with as much enthusiasm as you did with tom that day on the dice tower and that made me feel like somebody so i thought that was really cool and i appreciate that
4: well you're you're very welcome um again you know, everybody's contributing a little bit to this hobby. So whether you're whether you're whether you're my arch gaming nemesis Tom Vassell, or you're my best my best buddies Tony and Marty, uh, you're all contributing. Uh, you know, to the hobby, and it's and it's important that that you know I spend time with each and every person to the to the extent that I can, of course, um, because we'll we'll all grow this hobby together. And you know, that's really what we want to do as as passionate gamers. We want this hobby to be big, inclusive, spreading out get more people in there, more people, more great games. It's as simple as that.
0: And you're going to be at BGG Con uh, next oh, yeah. month? Oh, oh yeah. Oh.
4: I it, that that's my my favorite con of the year. I love that convention. So be there in force. We're an ultimate geek sponsor of the convention. I love doing that. Um, We actually just just committed. We're going to do the lanyards for the convention and everything like that, too. So it's going to be great. We're going to have a great time.
2: Tony, I'll be coming in Wednesday, so we will be hanging out a lot, bars, restaurants on the floor, whatever you want to do. Seriously, I I always bring my
0: own lanyard. So now I've got a reason to buy a lanyard. I'm I'm hooked. There we go.
4: Oh, free lanyard for you. Free. Free Stronghold Games lanyards. Oh, sweet. (laughs)
0: Nice. That's awesome. And you'll have, what product will you have there? Because I know you'll be in the vendor hall.
4: I'll be, uh, everything. All everything. 10 of the new releases will be there. We'll, we'll be keying only on those new releases too. I'm not going to be bringing much of the back catalog at all. Um, we're going to have every one of our releases. Obviously, the, the biggest one that'll be there is going to be Kanban because it will not be street dated yet. It'll be street dating that, that week, I guess. So it'll be really, you know, really fresh. Obviously, we'll have combat. We'll have Panamax. We'll have diamonds. Diamond tournaments going to be there, which is going to be great. Yes. We'll have Among the Stars. We'll have it all. So, uh, and we'll have Medina. So all the all five big releases, all of the um, the uh, the expansions that we brought out this year as well. So uh, definitely come by the Stronghold Games booth. Definitely stop and say hello. Don't feel frightened. Don't feel bothered by you know by stopping me as long as I got that moment. We'll, we'll chat and hang out.
2: And uh, for anybody out there that uh, wants to contact me and Tony and wants us to mule them some uh, Kanban <laughs> games, just let us know and we'll do it for a small fee. Yeah, or
0: whatever you need. And I'll be happy to sit down in your booth there, Stephen, and teach people diamonds or among the stars in a heartbeat. Just like so you man. say. Because Marty's going to leave me somewhere. He's going to strand me out and I'll just probably be walking around lost. And that's okay. <laughs> I'm good with that.
2: Thank you, buddy. So before you go, we do have a new game that we want to introduce with you. Um, for This is our with our 50th episode. Um, a lot of other shows have these little games and stuff like that. And so Tony and I were like, okay, we need to put our heads together and come up with our own little game. And so here's what we came up with. Well, it's pretty simple. It's just called Rank 'em. What we're going to do is we're going to give you three items, and you rank them in the order of
4: preference. Oh, my gosh. That's pretty That's much it. a lot it. of pressure here.
2: It is, and if it's something that, uh, and then we'll give you hours, and then we'll see just how they can bear. Here, we'll start out with a real simple one. Strawberry, vanilla, chocolate.
4: Well, it's, okay, and I have to rank them in order. Okay. Yes. Of your likes. I mean. I'm going to go vanilla, of my likes, of course. Vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, because I'm thinking of this as ice cream. So nobody's a bigger fan of chocolate than I am. Because if we were just of chocolate as in the, the, the confection, as in dark chocolate. But for ice cream, for some reason, really great vanilla ice cream is just, ah. So I'm going to go vanilla, chocolate, strawberry.
2: Tony? Um,
0: strawberry, vanilla, chocolate. Mm. And and I will have to say, though, I agree with you there, Steve. Vanilla is always a great base behind a great milkshake. You can add
2: any flavor.
4: Oh, to it. yeah. Mm. Absolutely.
2: Got to throw a little malt in it though. I'm a, I'm a malt guy. <laughs> What's yours? <laughs> and then a vanilla strawberry chocolate for me. So that's how this game's okay. going to work. That was the easy round. Tony, you go ahead and start and, us and off. I will
0: say this: don't if we don't of the three that we give you, don't start adding ones like oh, I don't. That, that's not how it works. Okay. <laughs> so, so keeping with the um, uh, theme here, cake, ice cream, or pies? Cake, ice cream, or pie.
4: I'm gonna. Oh, that is that's hard. I'm gonna go ice cream, cake, pie in that order. It's close, but uh, uh, that ice cream is just so good. So yeah, ice cream, cake, pie.
2: Marty, I'm gonna have to do. You sprung this one on me. I gotta think about this for a second because I like ice cream, on cake and pie. So okay, keep it separate. Cake, pie, ice cream. And that's why we do the show together. That's my order too.
4: And you guys are roommates, so you know each other too well. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, that's, that's true. Oh, yeah. By the way, uh, because of that, um, uh, Tony and I used to play a lot of diamonds and spades together. Uh, a lot. Hearts and spades. Hearts,
4: th- but if you like hearts, hearts and heart. spades, you'll like diamonds.
2: <laughs> yeah well that's where we're getting to so a lot to where the point we just really knew each other really well that's why we're hoping that when we partner up we're throwing out this challenge and we said it, uh we'll say it a couple times in this episode to anybody that comes up to tony and i at bgg con and wants to challenge us in a partner's game of spay uh diamonds you're on so there we you go. may have
0: like little moon pies floating in our pockets so uh, for the winner.
2: Oh yes, yes! I will have moon pies. with you beat us, you it's get a moon pie. Great partners,
4: great partners game too. You can play, oh, yeah. you, can, you can play three way partners too. I don't know if you know though. It's six players. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a really yes. interesting way. To, you know, four, two on two, or two on two on two. Anyway, go ahead. We're doing rank We're doing rank them. We're doing rank TV. them. But I will
0: go back to diamonds it, real quick. You you <laughs> posted on BGG about you know so well, why don't you pass it left right center or like you do in heart. You can pass it however you want, people. It's your own. House. The game works either way, but yeah. I would not. I would not recommend hold. I don't recommend hold because one of the key components of that game is definitely
4: passing. Well, we don't. We don't allow hold. I mean that part. Well, right. I mean, you do it. when I hand you a game, it's, I sell you a game. You know, it's up to you. You house relating. But the game calls for left passing one, two, or three, and we specifically didn't do zero because we wanted people to make that decision, and it's a very important decision to make.
2: It's huge. huge. Yes. All right, Marty, your turn. Sorry. Here we go. Uh, we'll, we'll stay in the whole game realm. Deck building, worker placement, or tile placement.
4: That's an interesting one. I mean, they're so different, those things. But I'm going to go. I do like cards. So I'm going to go deck building, tile placement, worker placement.
0: Wow. Tony? Deck building, worker placement, tile placement. That was my order.
4: You guys are too close. That's all I'm saying. Not that there's anything wrong with that.
0: It's that card thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Here's an easy one for you. D6, D12, D20.
4: I'm going to say, oh, man. It's harder than you think. I'm going to it say is. D20, D6, D12.
2: Is, is there a reason? I'm
4: an old school role player. You know, I mean I've I've been I have I haven't done any recently because of time commitments and stronghold, but I'm an old school role player, so the D20 and the D20 system and on and D&D holds a very near and dear thing to my heart. Obviously D6s in board games are really bigger and more useful and stuff, but I got that D20, it's, it's it just has a special place. The, and the poor D12, well, it's just not all that useful, I guess, you know.
2: Okay, that's interesting because mine is D12. Uh d20 d6 to me there's something magical about the d12 i love the shape of the d12 i love the fact that in 12 sides that's divisible by six and three and four so there can be some really cool mechanics of of injecting like a d6 and a d4 into a d12 there's some really cool ideas i think that could be done with something like that and then lastly i just say d6 because it's it's kind of boring um, you. This is scary. Same exact uh, 1226. <laughs> I,
0: I do have a question for you, Stephen, Along with the D12, uh, D12s will roll a lot nicer than a D6, um, but is there a huge manufacturing cost to maybe change it? Because if you, like a D6 and just, you know, multiply by two to make a D12 essentially double, you know what I'm saying? I'm not even going to try to go there, but is there a huge cost manufacturing change?
4: Um. The bigger the die, the the more cost it's going to be, you you do it based on the game. It's not it's not um, it's not significant. It, no, I'll say it's it's I say it's ve- basically insignificant. One, you know, with those with these uh, shapes, I forgot what they call these shapes again. These you know the polyhedrals, of course, but mm-hmm. there's another name for them. Perfect poly, perfect shapes or something. Um, for these um the, these shapes, the, the cost is is not not particularly a big difference. You're going to do it based on what the game requires. I mean, you know, people design games to certain to use certain probabilities. In, in one of our next games, it's going to be loads and loads of D10s. So that's you know just the way things work out.
2: D10s are cool, too. Yeah. All right. My uh, my question. Here we go. <clears throat> Star Wars, Episode 4, 5, 6.
4: Epis- okay. Episode 5, Episode 4, Episode 6.
2: Nice.
4: nice. There's no other answer to that question, guys. I want to hear that. I want to hear five four six go ahead next
2: five
0: four six sir all
2: right all right this is tough
4: oh no but hold on hold on here's
2: why i was i was i hold on i was seven or eight years old when i first (laughs) walked into that theater and saw episode four there is a magic behind episode four that is hard for me to lose now when i got older and i started to appreciate film and story better that moved five ahead of four so for for looking critically at it five four six from nostalgic reasons, it would be four I six
4: i agree, I hundred a hundred percent agree with what you just said five is a is a is a better film um and a better a better way of of just creating structure and storytelling and everything it you know i hate to say this, but it's because Lucas had very little to do with it I mean, <laughs> right you, you know he's not. A good director he really is not a good director or writer so, or writer he's not good he got got lucky in a lot of ways I mean, he got lucky in a lot of ways so so five became that perfect achievement for 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 a star wars itself four of course has that wonderful nostalgia and is still you know wonderful to watch and six is just silly you know and like one two and three are just you know just like almost like i say they don't exist unfortunately they don't exist in my mind
0: i didn't even bring them up
4: yeah tony <laughs> thank you uh,
0: i've already answered that oh my turn to ask questions yes. My bad. <laughs> you, you lost me so this is the last one and you're probably
2: where's the crowd cheer marty thank no God. no i've got one more after this Okay. Oh, I thought we were only doing. My, 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 right. no, no, hold on, my strawberry vanilla thing was just a warm up. That didn't. Oh, hit. it was a warm up. My bad. <laughs> okay,
0: um, simple one. Uh, movie theme continues. Cool Hand Luke, Shawshank, Escape from Alcatraz.
4: This one's harder because I I barely remember some of them. Unfortunately, I hate to say that. That's not, yeah, not a good same thing. Here. I'm not good with I'll, older movies. If you'd have but. said The Rock. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'll make I'm going to go. Shawshank Shorsh- is brilliant. So I'm going Shawshank. Um, uh, I'm going I'm to go with uh, Cool Hand Luke and uh, Escape from Alcatraz.
0: Yes, yeah, I was going to throw a bone, uh, bone to you there and just add, instead of Escape, I was going to go Godfather, but I chose not to.
4: Oh, um, so. Godfather.
2: Godfather. Okay. Godfather. okay, we'll go Godfather then. Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> Marty. Uh, mine, mine is um, Shawshank definitely is uh, number one. Uh, c- cool Hand and Escape because I never saw Escape. <laughs> yeah, Escape's kind of lame on
0: this list, but yeah. It's, see, I, if I could go tie, I'd love both Cool Hand and Shawshank, so I'm going to have to go with uh,
2: <sighs> Cool Hand, Shawshank, and then Escape. All right, so, so the last question, and you already said BGG is like your favorite con of the year, so I had to alter this one a little. Here you go. <laughs> Origins, Essen, Gen Con.
4: Mm. Essen... <laughs> oh, I'm gonna make some. Anim- I'm gonna make some enemies here. I'm gonna make some enemies, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Essen origins Gen Con. reasoning. If you want to hear it, uh, yes. Essen, Essen is where by far I do my most most business in every way, shape, form. Most sales, uh, most buzz gets generated, and really, and the most important thing is what we talked about before: the fact that I'm there. Seeing people that I don't see at any other time of the year, especially those publishers, the small publishers, bringing back their games and also some designer bringing back their prototypes to, um, to, to review them. So Essen is my biggest show of the year. Now, Origins Gen Con, I pick Origins second because, well, for number one, I actually am a sponsor, uh, at Origins. Um, I do have a, I have a, um, a nice footprint there. Um, it's a much, much less expensive show to do. You, you, um, I don't, you know, you don't get lost in the crowd nearly as much. I did a very, very great show at Gen Con this year, but you know, you get really lost in that crowd because it's such a, such a big show. Um, Origins is great because there's, it's easy to get out and see people, and you can relax a little bit at night. Gen Con is a whirlwind of insanity from beginning to end. So, uh, Gen Con's a great show. Don't get me wrong. So don't get mad at me, fans out there. I do love Gen Con. I'll be going every year, but I picked it third.
2: Tony, I know you didn't go to one, so <laughs> we've never been to or- uh, Essence. So well, how do you rank the other two then?
0: Uh, hopefully Essence will on our 50th birthdays and three years, but that's okay. Um, it would, it would be origins Gen Con for me.
2: Um, I think so too, and I think it's for the exact same reason Steven said that oh. um, it is. I think it's really cool. There's, It's big enough at Origins where you get to see some cool, neat stuff. If not released, then what's coming at Gen Con? But it's really nice at Origins to like play a game with somebody and the next day see them again. That doesn't happen at Gen Con.
4: Yeah, it's really, it really so crazy. So I'm going to give you back this, the same question, but I'm going to give it to you with, with BGG Con in there. So what's your what's your favorite if you said BGG, Origins, and Gen Con and you'll know mine. Now obviously it's BGG Origins Gen Con.
2: Well this will be our first year going to BGG.
4: Oh, you've never been there. There you uh, go. Well, that's that's you'll why see. we're
2: that's why we're so looking forward to it because everybody says that. So we can't wait to see what makes it so great.
4: I'm gonna I'm gonna um I've said this many times. Um People who haven't been there yet really should 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 you know forego one of your other conventions. You go to go to BGG. Not only do you get all of the Essen hotness, so you get not only, you had the BGG hotness or the um, the, the Gen Con hotness already. Maybe you had that, or you know about that. But now you have that plus what happened at Essen, because all of it shows up there. The BGG guys bring it all back. You have this phenomenally run convention, the best run convention of any one I ever go to, uh, year after year. And everybody games. It's, it's, it's quote-unquote small. There's only 2,200 people, something like that. We're all gaming in the same very, very large ballroom. There's, there are some side rooms, so there are a little bit of uh, people outside of that. But almost everybody's together the entire time. And that makes for such a, a great atmosphere for gamers. And you can easily find each other because you'll be in row, row G, table 25. And you'll, boom, you know exactly how to find somebody. It's great.
2: That's great. So, um, but uh, since we brought up Essen, now I was curious. I thought about something else. So, um, Essen, what is a game uh, that us over here in the States haven't seen yet that's a non-Stronghold game that you saw there that you thought, wait till you guys see this?
4: Well, the the big news that came out of Essen, like, it was future news. It was nothing that was – this year there's just a lot of stuff that was, you know, everything had – there was a lot of stuff that had – Good buzz, but the future news that came out this year—I uh, don't know if you heard—is that there's going to be a Magic: The Gathering, the board game. Yes, I don't know if you heard that. Did unbelievable talk about a license to print money, bringing together, um, you know, uh, that IP and using a lot of the HeroScape me- um, um, uh, terrain and mechanics. So it's basically they took HeroScape and then they layered on. Like the magic the gathering summoning and and things like that. What a phenomenal idea. Kudos to Hasbro slash Wizards of the Coast for for doing that. Um that that's huge. And I also had a chance to see the Fantasy Flight's um what are they calling it? The Imperial Assault. The um, the new Star Wars like using the descent stuff. Looks phenomenal, of course. Fantasy Flight does just a great job with their stuff, especially their miniature stuff, so those are the two big releases, and I think that people have to take a look at them, um, regardless of whether they're into those kinds of things. Must take a look. Beautiful stuff.
2: Yeah. And it's funny, right when they announced that whole uh, Magic the Gathering over here at the States, I mean, it's the first thing I thought of, everybody clamors, please bring back HeroScape. And then when I saw this, I went, holy cow, they they just, they're, they're going to be print like you said, they're going to be printing money with this. It's going to be, and, it's, and if it's... On top of that, if it's a good, fun gaming system, oh my gosh, they can go run years with this thing.
4: Yeah. No. I. I. Yeah. I agree. It's. It is. I. It looks like a great system. So um, uh, I'm. I'm. Ex- I'm excited by it. So we'll see how it works out.
0: And I have a friend who's fixing to go over to Germany. So you said, Stephen, in your earlier comment about small companies, earlier, he'll go into a game store for me. So you're not saying. There's nothing you want me to tell them to get me to bring back that I need to have
4: something from this year that you absolutely need to have that you can't find anyplace yeah, else that you're
0: not that you stronghold games is not bringing to us yes
4: I did not find i mean again i you know when i'm there i'm I'm looking at you know I'm looking at certain stuff that that I might be bringing <laughs> who knows, but I didn't <laughs> see something that um you know and i and I don't get to like you know I don't get to like home those like there are like great um um retailers there. That um that have like all like these old German games and stuff like that you know old games that you know they're getting out of print or you know they were they were they were hot fifteen years ago, um I don't get a chance to go look at that kind of stuff I know people just go just to buy that kind of stuff um, so I would be the I would be the wrong person unfortunately to ask that. That question. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, not a problem. I was hey, I was just throwing it out there. He, he's flying to Germany. I don't have to, so I was going to nab something. I understand. <laughs> All right. Well, Stephen, once again, thank you so much for being on our show. Is there any last parting words that you have for our listeners or for us um, as as we wrap this thing up?
4: No, I think I mentioned before. I I thank everybody out there for for being such great supporters. Um, and I just ask people if they if they if they do the Twitter thing, please uh you know follow at stronghold games please like us on facebook pages slash stronghold games sign up for our newsletter right side of our webpage. you also find out when our games are coming out um and uh it's been a great year and i think i can only say there's going to be even better things to come in 2015 thank you all
2: Uh, uh, amazing again yeah thanks for coming on and, and please everybody do do go follow him uh the games that are coming out this year are just phenomenal. It's it's amazing to see what what Stephen has done by himself in five years and how much joy and fun he's brought to our community just from one guy, and it's only going to get get better. So, again, thank you so much for coming on.
4: Thank you, Mari. Thank you, Tony. It's been great. Wow. What a
2: star-studded episode for our 50th episode. Talking about three big names at – Excellent talk and chit chat with uh, chit chat. I didn't mean I was gonna say with Stephen, but our other segment was called Chit Chat. But it was that's got it. Um, great talk with Stephen Bonacore, Uh, it was great having him on and, and spending that all that time with us. And we thought, what a perfect time to bring him on for the first time uh, on our show for the 50th episode. And and we said, Hey, you think you might want to come back? I was like, Yes, of course, I'll come back. So it's like, Yes, we didn't screw it up too bad.
0: No, we didn't. But you know, Mike. Why not just, let's let's end it right here. Episode 50, we're done. We, wh- how could we top this? We're done. Let's, w- well, well, let's do wa- this. Wash our hands of it. Well,
2: <laughs> wash our hands of it. How about this? Uh, I just want to thank everybody for for listening and giving encouraging words. When we started this 50 episodes ago, we, we didn't know how long we would go. And then the more that we've done and the more we've gotten involved, the community, we've just really enjoyed it. And we just love talking with people and I think that's the thing that's really that this show's allowed me to do is just allow to share my passion with a lot of people that I couldn't have before. And the show's provided a vehicle to do that. And and because of that is what keeps us going every couple of weeks. And I'm glad they've given you the
0: opportunity to tweet over seven, almost eight thousand tweets. You are the man. God.
2: Yeah. Oh come on. Look at some other shows and look how much they tweet. I'm a lightweight man. Oh well. Hey I'm getting in there. I think I did three this week. hey you just take
0: care of that instagram account over there we're slowly growing and if hey if you aren't following us on instagram please do because i it's more than just games i tweet everything i mean instagram everything out there from um pimento cheese covered fries
2: Whoa, 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 whoa. This is the first I'm hearing of this. Where did you have that? It was uh, when I was in
0: Atlanta this past week. I um, went to a place where I always go get a hamburger, and they started up this new thing on fries where they cover them with pimento cheese and then melt it down.
2: <gasps> I got to go to there.
0: Well, if you would follow the Instagram, you would have seen a picture. But anyway.
2: What's the Instagram name? Uh, Dyson names, Dyson names. Cool. There you
0: go. So yeah. Thanks guys for, you know, 50. We hope to keep going on this. We've got some other projects that we got planned. Marty is really out there on the videos. I hope to start getting, I got a couple videos shot. I just need to learn how to edit and then we'll go from there.
2: So you'll get to see more of us. Like you really wanted to. I think. <laughs> yes. And so here's to starting our second 50th set of 50 episodes. Does that sound good? It sounds guess good, guess man. 50
0: percent that? <laughs> that works for me. So anyway, well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this one. And we're going to end it here. And so if you would, just keep rolling dice. And taking names.
3: Follow us on Twitter at and Names or visit our website, rolldicetakenames.com. Subscribe on iTunes or visit our Guild page on Board Game Geek.
0: You are such an embarrassment sometimes. 30 plus points in Panamax, really?
2: Dude, I, 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 I couldn't believe it. Is, uh, is I mean, that when, the best you can when, say? dart, When I counted the money at the end, and, and so everything's represented like, you know, there's gold uh coins that are five and and then silver worth ones and i had this like stack of seven gold and then i'm looking around and i'm seeing stacks of like 20 and i'm going oh my gosh and one guy said wait a minute i gotta turn in this and get the 100 point token i went there's a 100 point token oh crap
0: yeah steven's probably thinking they're going these guys are clueless